episode brought to you by those weird hard-boiled egg two-packs you buy at the 7-Eleven. They give you two because they know you won't resist eating one on the drive home. <laughs> My name's Andy. With me, as always, is the vagina that produces those eggs, Muller. Oh, uh, got nothing. <laughs> he was busy pushing Crickets. one out right now. With us Good as well, consuming those eggs like a suppository, Brayden. Uh-huh. I was actually going to make a joke about suppositories, then you, you <laughs> took the rug out right from under me. Mine. <laughs> Keep those jokes away. And joining us today, watching Brayden consume those eggs, returning guest, Jonavision. Gross. Hey, man. <laughs> got a, you were saying earlier, you got your red pill or your blue pill. Suppositories, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which one will you take, Mr. Anderson? That's the, yeah, that's the, the director's cut of The Matrix I wanted to see. And then, then he goes, I'm not gay. <laughs> 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 I'm not going to take any. He takes the brown pill. <laughs> <laughs> brown joke, it's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, wife and I were going to go check out a movie uh, the other night, and... Um, we're talking about movie times and stuff. We got a lot going on that day. And she's like, oh, why don't you just call the movie theater and ask, uh, you know, figure what? out the movie times. And I, I laugh. And I'm like, I'll just check on my phone. And then she rattles off the movie your, your theater baby boomer phone number. No. So she rattles off the phone number. <laughs> and I was like, why do you know the movie theater's phone number? I'm surprised and that's still a thing. Turns out it was, yeah, so this, the story it's goes, affair. it's a, yeah, she's cheating on me with the Cottonwood <laughs> Theater. Yeah. No, she, it's kind of like a Kramer situation where her, uh, her family's landline back in the day was like one digit off <laughs> the no. movie theater's phone number. Uh-huh. And it was funny. So that led me to, I, I had this weird like PSD like flashback of being 10 years old and wanting to figure out what movies were playing at the movie theater. So I, do you guys did you guys ever go through this where it's like oh let's let's figure out what's playing tonight? You call the movie theater, and then the line's busy, and you hit redial. You, and the line's busy. Cu- my, I've the never one called a movie theater <laughs> in my life. I hit redial for like half an hour, and then I got through to the movie theater, and then it, they'd rattle through all the times, and I'm scrambling as a little kid writing down all the movie times to give them to my mom to figure out what time we're going to movie, and I was like man that. I completely That's like terrible. forgot that I went through this until the other day. It was my really- parents, my parents were really crappy and never took us to the theater. So by the time I was going to the movie, a bunch the internet was a thing. Okay. So the idea of calling and asking for, and checking for movie times is yeah. absurd. Yeah, I, I went through this a lot as a kid. Were Wait, they published so- in the paper? They were, but we didn't. I don't. know. We never had a newspaper. So you around. were. A- you were tasked as a 10-year-old with making the movie plans for your family? Well, sometimes your mom would be like, do you guys want to go see a movie? Like, yeah, sure. Okay, well, call the movie theater and I'll take you to a movie. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah that, that, that was not a thing your assignment for me. To they, find would just, the movie they would just times. say, we're going to see this movie. I went to movies all the time as a kid. Yeah. So, But yeah, like it was really weird and uh, the internet definitely killed that. But it was like this PSD reason. moment because I remember wasting like mornings and afternoons trying to get through to the movie theater or it'd be a last-minute thing. Mom's like, oh, I was going to go do this, but... Let's go to a movie instead. Can you? You got to call the theater. And I'm like, ah! I'm like, it's like Tuesday night, and I'm hitting redials like 6 p.m. and the movies are starting soon, and I don't know what time the movies are playing. And okay, hold on a second. Because you don't want to drive, drive all the way there, and then it was a robotic out. sound, like a robotic voice that gave. It movie was times. pre-recorded, so it'd be like, hey, you've reached the such and such theater. Blah 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 blah. Playing at 7 p.m. It was pre-recorded. And they it, didn't and have enough would, lines. And it for... would have, yeah. And they would they talk about the movie and have the tagline of the movie and the description of the movie, and then oh all the God. times it's playing. And then the rating, and then next movie, and it would. So you'd be if that you want to hear them all. Yeah, you'd this be on, needs to come back. Oh, you'd wow. be on the phone for like five, day. probably five or six minutes. So that's why you're hitting redial, trying to get through. And if you get some jerk who's listening to the full thing, 
and you don't know. Well, you don't that's know. the that's the other thing oh, is that they only words. have one line. There's only one line for a pre-recorded message. That's, that's the amazing. ridiculous bit. You should yeah. just put in so a request no routing, for them like, to send you a to, mail. So is this is this still a thing? Like you can. Still... I don't know. I we should try calling. I'm kind of curious. We it, could it try. Just, it just sounds I like something you... great that you because if you were the one recording the message, you could just say funny things yeah. partway through them. And it was the Cottonwood. Yeah, slip slip the something cottonwood. in there. I believe you can still do this at the Cottonwood. You guys remember when Kramer was doing that in Seinfeld? Yeah, I remember that. Because yeah. movie had a similar, five Phil. He had a similar number. <laughs> yeah. People kept calling him, so yeah. he got annoyed. So he just started. His own movie phone. He just started actually helping them find the movie <laughs> listings. Do you yeah. think? Do you think that they have black pill suppositories? <laughs> <laughs> might, okay, so John was actually calling the cotton. Oh, he's calling. So I'll, I'll I'll let you call that for a bit, and uh, it, it is not going to come through on the microphone if you try Good to. Afternoon, Cottonwood Four Cinemas. Oh, you actually oh, got the customer hi. service. Sorry, wrong number. No okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> You're on our podcast, lady. <laughs> little does that know. Little does that lady know she's been immortal. <laughs> she's expecting to get a message, and just a real person answers the okay, phone. Okay, so I should have asked her about a movie time. It's apparently yeah, that's what I thought you were gonna do. I thought, I thought, I thought you were gonna. Do, I, thought I panicked. Say, so it's not a thing because theaters would always have a customer service line and then the the movie time, the movie time phone line. So they probably don't have the movie times on there anymore. They probably it was, it was probably years. like a computer running MS DOS. No. Any, anyway, what's this so, thing in the closet? So we have a new Jonavision only segment. Oh, we're starting with that. Only. Uh, well, we're not only. starting. We're with gonna that. tease it. We gotta. We gotta yeah, get people listen. Okay, I'm sure. Yes. It. Otherwise, they're gonna just a turn teaser. the podcast it'll off a, after. It'll be a Jonavision <laughs> coming up in a couple of minutes couple after the break. Yeah, that's good. What is it? It's most hated movie trope. Okay. Of the week. Of the week. Of Jonah's week. So week. Be, before we get uh, to our uh, most hated movie trope of the week. Which is the feature now. I was uh, right. <laughs> I was down at the soup kitchen there giving... Uh, getting getting some free soup. Getting, getting, getting some soup. And uh, so uh, they put me on the wrong side of the soup kitchen line. So instead I was serving the soup. Pocketing, uh. pocketing as much free soup as you can get your hands on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gotta, oh, gotta they, sorry, those pockets. I just went on the website. I'm, I'm, go, I'm bringing us back to the they first They do topic. have them they listed have, on the website. It's they easy. do have an automated line. Know. You're I on the website to, getting the phone wait, number. Wait, Jason, they have a phone <laughs> line that you can call? Yeah. They have an automated <laughs> phone line info. I just I, I dialed the first number that showed up on Google. That makes well, no are you sense. Dialing it? Oh, yes. If she answers again, you better ask her for what you guys are missing. Are Give me missing a movie. Something here. Like, if you're going to the website to find the number, <laughs> I know, that's right. just check the listings. That's a baby boomer Maybe thing, they're man. blind and they have to hear the listings. Yeah. But the website isn't speaking the listings out. You gotta, they, no, there's little readers that'll read off the, read off the thing for you. So uh, the robot can't get to the phone and <laughs> to tell <laughs> Apparently. you. Apparently. She probably knows it's you. It's going to get a voice. Is, are you sure it's not the same number? No, it's Thanks different. for calling Cottonwood Forest. Oh my God! For inquiries regarding birthday parties and free show <laughs> advertising, please call Kathy at six zero four. It's a public business. So like, what are we doxing a public? <laughs> well, oh, it's our last name. They just said Kathy. Four four three four. The following show times are effective for Friday. This is April what it used 13th. to be. Oh yeah. You better read the show description and the rating though, because that was a big the thing. The Chilliwack Arts Council proudly presents Lucky, starring Ron Livingston, is rated PG. That sounds it's awful. On Wednesday, April eighteenth. Lucky, what's that about? I don't know, some art fact. The dog from One Hundred One Dalmatians. Time, starring Oprah Winfrey. Oh no! PG. Oh, he's not it reading the descriptions though. No. They used to read the descriptions. He's just reading the movies. But that makes sense in a time pre-internet. 
Because sometimes you, it's like maybe there's a bunch of movies yeah, you've never heard of. Yeah, and if, and if you didn't oh, see a commercial, it also listen. Plays on Saturday and Sunday These at just five times. o'clock. Just wait. Game night. Hang it up. Hang it up. Yeah, get out of here. But that was a thing because you'd call, look at, oh, I want, I want mom to take me to the new Arnie movie, and then you'd hear a description for another movie, but oh, that sounds kind of cool. It makes sense in the context of not having the internet because other than that, it's just the paper, which no kids reading the paper are like. No. So it makes sense in the context of so, it. So what, what the hell were we talking yeah, about? Yeah, so, so we had to go Muller, to the website. Muller had diarrhea. So, yeah, yeah, I was in the soup kitchen uh, with... Uh, his diarrhea. Getting some his, help. He had to eat some uh, Imodium. Me, yeah, the, they give out free Imodium at the, <laughs> at the soup kitchen there. And uh, so we finished the meal, and this and one of the, one of the, the people eating the soup comes up, and... Uh, and he and he starts he starts talking to us. Oh yeah, you know, thanks for the thanks for the meal or whatever. Uh, and I don't even know how to describe what an what a bizarre comment that that he made to us. But he was trying to express that he really enjoyed it. So he goes, "Come over here. I'm gonna mess your face up." <laughs> what? <laughs> and, and, he, and he sticks out his hand. He goes, "Come on. I'm gonna mess your face up." <laughs> <laughs> and, and, no, and all of us are standing around and nobody knows what the heck. And like, he's what, now banned forever coming back <laughs> to the no. soup kitchen. Can't ever, like, do you have any other context on, on this? Oh right, yes, yeah. He he wanted the same meal because everybody makes a different meal, right? So there's all it's all volunteer groups. So there's twenty or thirty volunteer so groups, thirty different kinds yeah, of you, soup. You, you guys better come back and make the same meal tomorrow. It's only a once a month thing. No, we're not coming. Oh, you better all mess your face up. Oh, <laughs> I'm gonna mess your face. <laughs> and then he said he was gonna eat eat her face. Oh wow! I told them we are going to make the same soup again, but you're not allowed back. Yeah, you're not allowed back. But that way, you won't be able to. I'm gonna, I'm gonna mess your face up. <laughs> like, what is that? That's mean? so weird. <laughs> I was killing myself laughing at that. <laughs> so, are we ready for our cli- movie cliche trope? Movie We're pe- trope. We're peaking early, guys. We're peaking early, We're peaking guys. Early. Okay, so um, a couple weeks ago, I watched Tomb Raider, and it the new Tomb Raider, the new Tomb Raider, okay. which was. Very mediocre. It seemed that way. Yeah. I never saw it, but commercial. Everything screamed mediocrity. Yes, yes. Yeah. So it's yes, it's a it's a use of time. Now, um, what type of a poor use of time? <laughs> it's it's so mediocre. It's just a use of time. So, um, sorry. So I knew there's this thing that happens in this movie and just about every other movie ever made, and it's the well. one arm dangling off the edge of a cliff yeah. movie trope, which I am. So sick of because it's the laziest form of tension building ever, and it's in any like any movie. So are Cartoons, they holding onto the cliff, or are they holding onto da- something? Hand? Happens, and they're now dangling, they're and dangling. they have to. <laughs> yeah. And this oh, is the no. main the main character. Main characters, supplementary characters, doesn't matter. Okay. Everyone's dangling in every movie all the time, and it's so <laughs> annoying. I was talking to Brayden about it yesterday, and he's like, "Yeah, no one would be able to lift themselves out of that," and I definitely wouldn't be able no. to. Like elite, elite, world say, class, like CrossFit guys. There's a few guys people that could, but, but not. that's it's not something yeah, everyone could do. And I, you see movies where just average Joe are hanging by one arm oh, no, for minutes me. and like nobody can you? do that that yeah, nobody can do that well also, i can do it just no. in a movie like <laughs> in a movie like tomb raider i'm going to presume that it's it's the tomb raider broad hanging from the cliff or whatever she's like 
if it's in the middle of the movie and she's dangling from a cliff, there's not a lot of tension. They're not going to kill her off no. midway through the movie. So, so something's going to save her. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but they could just not do that. They could See, just not do that because I'm the, sick of seeing it. If they had gone with the classic Tomb Raider design, it would have been one boob holding her on <laughs> from for the, you know. Those pointy boobs from the boobs? original game. Okay. Yeah, she's always got big tits, man. But they were like pine cones, like uh, like ice cream cones like in, in the nineties one. Looking. Yeah, they were like these. Yeah, well, that's just awesome those are just the graphical limitations of the PS one. Yeah, how familiar <laughs> are you with like the old Tomb Raider game? Not super familiar. It, it's a it's kind of a trope that she's got huge cans or whatever. Like, oh, that. not anymore. They they modernized it. And modern. There's no tits anymore, so oh. yeah, especially not in this new movie. Yeah, next, next, <laughs> next. How, Tomb Raider. You guys just changed the subject no, from this awful trope to something completely irrelevant. <laughs> We're talking about tits. <laughs> yeah, always relevant. <laughs> it's uh, my most hated movie cliche. Uh, not big enough. <laughs> not tits. big enough. Tits. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this trope they're using. Like, like, yeah, like these. <laughs> Obviously, an explorer. There was an era of, huge of large tits. That was like the '90s. I loved that back then. I think people still like them, but it's not as I don't <laughs> yeah, think not do. as not as passionately as they did back then, because oh, it was yeah. like kind of the uh, the the sexual revolution, and then and then things just got exag things got exaggerated as the decades. Yeah, we went did on. see that uh, big money wrestler hustlers. Uh, was that, oh, that was yeah. a '90s movie, wasn't it? Or the the late, big titty. For, uh, for those unaware, that's the insane clown posse <laughs> movie. Yeah, I'm yeah. just assuming everyone's listened to all our episodes. Yeah, yeah, you listened to all our episodes? I'm just assuming everyone's seen the insane clown Everybody, obviously. Sorry, back to the trope here, so, Vision. It, like, it's in every single movie, and I just am so sick of seeing people dangling off the edge of a cliff, and it's just a big eye roll, because it never happens, ever. Very Like, I, I can't imagine a time when someone has been dangling off a cliff like that because they got... Bl blown away by some gust of wind or something like that. <laughs> uh -huh. It's just, oh, I'm just thinking like, I think it was in, wasn't it in the Goofy movie? Probably. The it, Goofy. You know, <laughs> of all movies to jump to, to reference. Well, it's a cartoon. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a cartoon. Like, it's in everything. It's just so oh, I lazy. thought you were going to say that even in the Goofy movie, they, they tried to do it and Goofy's like, I can't hold on and just falls off immediately. No, no. Because like, so, they always end up, they either, they either fall and then get saved by a giant bird or they get pulled up by their friend after moments of strenu strenuous mm -hmm. facial tension. And the other, the other stupid trope about that is when the, the friend is pulling them up, they're usually holding on to like, the, grabbing something with one hand and they're pulling them up with one arm. Like, again, no normal person could, could pull a full human with one arm over like a cliff. <laughs> like a full 130, 150, whatever it is, pounds. It's the triumph of the human will. No. See, this... It's bogus. I feel like this trope would have been more acceptable in uh, like the 80s and 90s action movie eras. When yeah, you had, that's where you had, started. You had totally. hulking monsters like Arnold Schwarzenegger and they're pulling him up and they're not, yeah. they're not meant to look like an, an, no. a realized person. Yeah. Like this is an exaggeration Arnie, of human potential. He's holding solely by one arm like with one arm, he's holding the guy <laughs> upside down by a yeah. leg and drops him off a cliff, and you don't think anything of it. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it made sense then because the movies weren't trying to. But suddenly, no. with like the new Tomb Raider, they've tried to make her more of like a realistic person. That's why she doesn't have huge tits anymore or whatever. So, yeah, it doesn't. Maybe it doesn't work as well. <laughs> this that, is that, coming that, back to the boobs again. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> maybe it doesn't work as well <laughs> that these people who weigh like 150 pounds would have the muscle strength to to hold on like that. No, but it's just. It's just the lazy writing. Like, why oh, is it sure. in every movie? 
Uh, um, because most big blockbuster movies, like I feel like they're not uh, specified to the actual characters they're writing. It's almost like they have a movie script already made, and then <laughs> they're like, oh, what's, what's the thing we need? It's a Mad Libs. What's the thing we need? Mad to, Libs to movie script. <laughs> so they copy and paste Laura Croft's name into the protagonist slot. In the year insert. 2045, <laughs> protagonist <laughs> Wade Watts. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, probably why they have a million of these like super cliched movies already made, basically, yeah. and they just have to copy and paste uh, the actress in and done. Yeah. The nice. I hate man. how true that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very true. So that's our movie. That's the movie trip of the week. Movie. No, I want to see no more dangling people in movies anymore. I'm sick of it. It's lazy. Yeah. Ugh. You either stay on top of the cliff or you just fall. Get just, the fuck out just of here. don't just. Let, I don't know. Don't do that. Any any of you guys uh, sleepwalk as kids? No, I always no. assumed it was not a thing. I guess it is. You? But I, I'm asking. I'm asking. No, asking. I've woken up in weird positions on my bed. I've woken up on the floor, but that's just because I move a lot and I don't wake up easy. So no, I haven't slept. Well. In Jonavision, no sleepwalking. <laughs> I'm f- frozen when I sleep. Okay. okay, apparently I slept. I sl- I have sleepwalked a lot. That seems life. like something you would do. <laughs> do you still um, do that? Uh, just when you were younger. Well, apparently I do. <laughs> uh, so uh, when I was growing up, my family had a photo of me on, uh, you know, like an actual photograph that you'd go to Walmart to develop. Wow, amazing, right? Yeah. This is technology on the on the fridge, and it was just a it was just a photo of me taking a shit in the middle of the night, like <laughs> like on the, on the toilet, because 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 uh, my they parents to take a picture of this. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> with a film camera, or, my... or were you just going pee? Can they tell? I, I, yeah, yeah, I don't think you can tell, but that you know that's the position. If I said peeing, you might think I was standing. <laughs> like a normal person. <laughs> um, so, I mean, they, my parents would just find me on the toilet, and I like so I just sleepwalk to the toilet to go to the bathroom, and then I just stay there. Like you know, yeah. it's a, you know, there's no guarantee you're getting back where you started when you're sleepwalking. Because <laughs> maybe true. maybe you give up sleepwalking, and then you while you're sleepwalking, you fall asleep again. Now you're just sleep pooping. Yeah. Now, now yeah. you're just now you're just sleep pooping. Um, so, I have. A, a friend of mine talked to me about uh, their kids and they had one of these babies. The types of babies that cry and make all sorts of noise in the middle of the night. I think that's all babies. So every baby, yeah. So every baby ever, <laughs> Yes, basically. one okay. of those types one of, of those babies. babies. <laughs> one of those types of human babies. <laughs> it's a human baby. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. We were. Was it, was You're the that? first human being that's. A, yeah, 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 look at yeah, that. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, if, if I was writing a poor script like the movie we're talking about today, I would have said a human baby. Or so what's this everything about? I said. What's this about babies? So the baby's crying. Uh huh. And uh, and you know the parents wake up and they you you know you grab your baby and you console it back to sleep. But what happens if the parents don't wake up right away? Well, uh, what happens is that your older son. <laughs> takes care of the baby for you and uh, brings the baby outside and puts him on the lawn and then goes back to bed. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Do they not so have you, like a baby monitor or something? So you wake up in the morning and your newborn baby's out, out on the lawn. What? <laughs> Did this, this happen? happen? <laughs> this happened to a friend. 
Mueller is Mueller is Mueller has laughed himself into a storm. <laughs> we Are you guys lost? Because I'm I, I believe yeah. Mueller. There's no explanation. Trying to piece disparate things together. I believe crying baby on the lawn. Mueller's telling us a story about his his friends that have a baby and they didn't and it was crying in the middle of the night and they didn't wake up but the it's it's brother did and you just know a young, the baby a young, into, young brother you know six probably. or seven year old I, kid yeah I got the gist of this story so, but the, my question is how, what does this have to do with sleepwalking I don't know <laughs> yeah what does that have you to can do just with blame it on I was like wait I was I, maybe, what I maybe thought the story would be so were they freaking? Is the, the they older must... brother slept walk the baby outside. That makes no, more sense. It's probably just the kid was like five, so he's like, oh, I'll just take him outside to where the noise won't bother me. Because he's five, and children are stupid, and they make those kind of decisions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, think I, I think I made a, c- a connection to those two things, but I, I failed to were they, <laughs> bridge them together. To bridge them properly. <laughs> were, the par- <laughs> were the parents not like freaking the fuck out? <laughs> I have no, I have no, I'm sure they were probably upset. You didn't think to ask them that? Like that's like the natural course of the story. Yeah, like, the parents being first being like, "Where the fuck is our baby?" and then seeing it out in the lawn, being like, eaten by freezing outside. Something. You know, can you just imagine just like looking out your door and your neighbor, there's just a baby on your neighbor's lawn. Dude, they're lucky that like if the neighbors didn't spot that and call like child protective services or something. Holy shit, man. <laughs> like, that story what a is weird so funny. Story. I do find it funny, but I think a lot of people are going to find this like a really heinous, like like these parents shouldn't be shouldn't have this Dog. kid. I won't dox him. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are uh, ready to get to our most uh, hated movie ever? Well, of the week. Do it. Of the week. Okay. This week is Snowpiercer. The... What year was this? 2014? 1914. 1914. Uh, epic. Indie darling, was it? S- Snowpiercer. So Actually, it came out in 2013. 2013. Oh in God. Korea. So it's a, it's a Korean film. Korean, Czech. Uh, what was it, John? No, it's, a, it's an English language, South Korean, Czech science fiction action film based on the French graphic novel, <laughs> Le, something French word, by Jacob Love. So if you don't like Thank it, you. you're a huge racist. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's a very multicultural. Highest so, highest budget. Virtual United uh, Nations. Korean, Korean movie yeah, at so $40 million dollar budget. So apparently not a lot of big budget movies coming out of Korea. $40 million is their biggest budget. That's like a tiny budget for a North American movie. So, yeah. So uh, We're better than them. We yeah, know. we're better than them. We got bigger budgets for our movies. Uh, okay, so in the future, everything is ice. Why? Mm-hmm. Global warming. <laughs> well, that's there, more like the a, the end. <laughs> it's a bit more specific than that. But. It's a failed attempt at dealing with global warming. Yes. Oh man, this you guys sound like the script writers for this it's, movie. Uh, it's, oh, it's <laughs> they tried I'm to use chemtrails <laughs> and it didn't work. So all of oh, humanity. Oh no, it did work too well. So global warming and a new ice age is a big problem. Everything's ice. They got yeah. it. Okay. They figured it out. Well, no. What ha- are you guys actually going to explain what happened? Yeah, it, it doesn't matter. Who cares? No, it's kind of funny though. Okay, okay, go ahead. So, okay, so global warming was melting everything. Earth was getting too hot, so they launched these chemicals into the atmosphere to cool the Earth, and then it worked too well, and everything froze. 
Yeah. That's actually kind of how this movie goes by the end of the movie, too. So uh, They had all the best a, intentions. That's all the best all intentions, and, and things went true. a little too well. <laughs> um, so, so the remaining human survivors get on a train. It's like some space-age train. or Some space-age yeah. steampunk train, though, because it doesn't seem like a very advanced train at well, all. Well, it's like self-perpetuating energy, so that's some kind of advanced yeah. technology. Kind of. Anyway, uh, and there's like huge class warfare or class system. Class there's, system. A, there's a thousand train cars or something uh, and all the poor people are in the back eating yeah. a bunch of garbage and all the rich people are in the front uh, where the engine holds all the power. Will the heroes be able to dissect this really weak social commentary before <laughs> the end of the film? At the end of the podcast. No. <laughs> no, they won't. So uh, it stars Chris Evans, uh, Captain America, Winter Soldier in uh, Space Train. Uh, I, I, I have to say, I've always thought I hate Chris Evans. And it's not that he's that <laughs> bad, but Chris Evans is quite clearly just a poor man's Ryan Gosling. I've had this, this thought in my head for a while <laughs> That's watch, awesome. watching Interesting. this movie. I think because he's not. He's not like the worst actor, but he's re- like he's always really boring. Like he's always a yeah. super boring, generic character with minimal personality, and he's only in boring movies. Not even necessarily bad movies, but just always boring. Cap- yeah, Captain America. I just look at him; and it's just example. like he's just a generic, like hunky-looking dude with no personality. He's like any movie he's in, just put Ryan Gosling in, in there instead and immediately there's just more personality. <laughs> I don't understand this at all. Actually. I actually, I totally know what Isn't you're Ryan talking Gosling about. Isn't Ryan Gosling more brooding? And, and yeah, that's Only right. because he picks better movies where he has characters <laughs> with actual depth. Right, so Chris Evans might be better if he was in Drive because I just his character would be more suited they're to... They're similar looking and aged like hunky dudes uh, and whenever I see Chris Evans I just think of Ryan Gosling because they kind of look similar but one is a far superior actor. <laughs> I think, or at least makes far superior choices in the terms of roles he takes. So poor, he's a poor man, Ryan Gosling. Of hair as well. So, could, could you see Ryan Gosling as Captain America? That'd be kind of weird. <laughs> that would be I don't want to see anyone as Captain America. I'm so sick of these goddamn superheroes. Yeah, movies. I want to see the, the Tick as Captain. Well, America. you only say that because it's like he's not a big ripped dude. But if he got the movie role, I'm sure he'd put on a bunch of uh, muscle. Maybe he can't. Maybe he was Captain America and they had to throw him out. He had been working out for ten months and wasn't was Ryan Gosling. Weight. Ripped in Crazy Stupid Love. I never saw that. I saw it. I don't Maybe. remember. Come on, John. I only saw the trailer. <laughs> of course. <laughs> he only watches trailers. <laughs> so, okay. So you have all these poor people in the back eating swill. Uh, they, they eat these weird black b- bricks. Protein bricks. Protein like bricks. Super gelatin. Dark, dark red gelatin. And, and, and the rich people just keep them back there oppressed in their dark, gloomy, suit-filled... Uh, old poor person place. Uh, the rich people come back and they say, uh, "We're gonna take some of your kids for uh, away from you for now." Uh, and uh, they just regularly come back and just do oppressive stuff generally. And then they shout propaganda at them, uh, which is like the lamest propaganda ever. So, <laughs> so immediately, like you've already referenced the the super ham-fisted social commentary in this movie. Immediately it starts to, to tap into that because it's not really clear what the rich, snooty front of the trained people are exploiting from the poor people. Like, why are they... 
like usually a class system like this, the rich are ex- exploiting uh, the poor people's labor. Yeah, because the poor people need to run the McDonald's kiosks exactly. and the Walmart kiosks and the and sanitary uh, stuff and shit. The toilet kiosks, all these, all the kiosks. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but in this movie, they're just poor people on the. They're basically just homeless. They're just homeless people in the back of a train, basically, being fed blood packs. And they just sit back there. Nobody has jobs. What are they exploiting them for? And I know they do answer this later on, but the answer is really stupid. <laughs> um, but you're watching the movie; they they don't explain what they're being exploited for. Again, this is a class system. Like, what? Why yeah, they're are not they producing anything? Exactly, right? they're not yeah. doing anything. It's not it's like they smugness. work. They're not working in a factory line or anything right. like that. And you, fi- and you find out later on when they go to the rich people area that they kind of are producing all their own yeah, food and whatever they want. Right? They they've got their water and nice foods and gardens. And yeah, it seems like as they work their way further up the train, you get. <laughs> Pretty like, self-sufficient. Like the, cla- the class raises up. You have people who are like chefs and people who are farmers or butchers or whatever. Uh, so they're not like dirt poor or whatever. Why do they? Why are they supporting the back? Like why are they holding on to the very back of the train? Poor people who are just like homeless, not doing anything, and they treat them like shit. Like it's yeah. not like they keep them around because they're they care for them and they're trying to get them in a better situation. They don't. The, what are they exploiting them from? Like, like where is the where is this class? Is, like, how is this class? Why do you working? bother to have it those just, train cars anyway? Yeah, it yeah. seems like they What's could the they could just pull yeah. the pan on the last twenty train cars and let the poor people yeah. die. Because and, they're, uh, but they're specifically keeping them back there too, because they try to enter through the front, but there's armed guards that say no, you have to stay in the back. Like, why are you keeping Kinda like weird. hundreds of thousands of people in the back and not letting them? Join the production line and become chefs and janitors and yeah, whatever. a few of them make it out and do stuff. Like there's the musician guy and they, they know the one guy who produces the food, but it's just that like a few people. I don't that know what they're getting good... out of it. So ha- let's let's see what Huffington Post has to say about this uh, about this the, movie. This piercing commentary. Snow, yeah, the snow bastion pier- of knowledge. <laughs> Snowpiercer, a piercing commentary <laughs> on modern life wrapped in brilliant sci-fi. Uh, <laughs> Do you know how fucking stupid you have to be to watch this movie and think that it's brilliant social commentary? <laughs> like it's it sounds like the kind of social commentary that's written by a 14-year-old who's just started like listening to like some tool uh, or some something. Po- some like poli- tool or even just or like system of a down. Some kind of yeah, some kind of like minor politically driven like lyrics like system of a down or or like rage against the machine and yeah. and then this is like they're writing this story yeah. about the evil rich people. They keep them all yeah. at the back of the train. Ah, uh, this 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 30-year-old band told me about this yeah. this brilliant commentary and now I'm now I'm going to show society about what this band 30 years ago talked about. Like what, what? Just imagine this fourteen-year-old going, "Yeah, you're right. The man is keeping me down." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's grade nine. It's, a, it's like a, it's the commentary for every revolution that's ever happened in all of history. <laughs> Pretty much ever. It's like this is at what point is this some sort of new uh, a piercing commentary on modern life? This has always been this way ever. <laughs> There's what society have we had where there hasn't been poor people and then rich people? But it, also, it doesn't <laughs> make sense. Like poor, like it's not like. Like the upper class is not allowing this, the super poor class to work. Like that, that doesn't make any sense. There's nothing for them to exploit there. They would purely be a burden on the tax system if they're not a, like if they're just draining resources, keeping these people alive. Yeah, it's like and oh, not getting anything back in train. The class system makes no sense in this movie. The poor people. Oh man, what we're gonna do? This is this is what we're gonna do. They're rubbing their hands together. First, <laughs> we're gonna take away their jobs. Then we're gonna give them free food. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But we're gonna make it really yeah. great. 
gross. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be really gross, though. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to hate it. <laughs> yeah, they're all going to be so well, miserable, and then they're going to want to kill us all the time, and uh, oh, man, and then they're going to cause lots of problems for us because they're so unhappy, but oh. But the feeding oh. bit didn't, wasn't, it wasn't always like that. Oh yeah, because it, I don't uh, know. We'll, we'll get to that. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a that's a tough uh, that's a tough thing. So stay tuned, and we'll get to that. It's just this movie. So, like we were talking just before uh, starting recording here about like this movie has some personality. It's not completely like the most unlikable, terrible movie or anything like that. But they slap in this super ham-fisted commentary, and I would just have preferred to see this movie with just the most minimum level of social commentary. And it's just a movie about people revolting in a in a wacky apocalyptic scenario that ha- takes place on a train. But every like every ten minutes or so, you're reminded with these sprinkles of shitty like. Uh, boo, upper class, and yay, <laughs> lower class. Like, commentary. <laughs> like it's so weak. Uh, if they took that out, it would just be like, okay, it's just a movie of people. Yeah, in a post-apocalyptic setting on a train. It, I'm fine with that. It is very. It is vital to note that this movie has 94 percent mm-hmm. on Rotten Tomatoes. Everybody loves Everybody this loves movie. It. it is. It's. That's the bizarre thing about it, because I think we watched this a few years ago, yep. and if we had just seen it, we would have been like, oh, that was just that was just some dumb movie and probably not mm. really remembered it. It's not the worst movie in the world by a it's, long it's shot. It's, not, it's a lot better than Ready Player One. The, yeah. <laughs> Every like, movie is. There's at least some semblance of a story structure here and characters that you kind of, they're okay. Yeah, it, it's like it's not the worst movie, but for the amount of praise it got, because I watched it thinking like, okay, this is probably going to be really good, really mm-hmm. high, and it's 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 kind of a goofy scenario, but it's also it's interesting. Like I'm fine with genre movies like like that where they just take a a specific scenario, like a, a post apocalyptic thing on a train, and they just they just run with it. Like let's just go full born with it. It's kind of goofy, and it's not necessarily something that would happen. But it's it's interesting, yeah. and let's just yeah. let's just have a fun movie with that. But then it's just nonstop of the weakest social commentary. So brutal. Yeah, but, it's but a train, but it represents capitalism. <laughs> oh, that's it's cap. It's driving. So sorry. There so is what, no, but there is no capitalism like, in the train that, at that's all. That's as far as the writers <laughs> there's, got. There's no. <laughs> There's no capitalism on the train. No, there's, there's no stores. Yeah, it's a, you it's, don't buy anything. It's very much. I don't. Actually, I don't actually think they even acknowledge any kind of there's monetary no system. There's no capitalism. It's at very all. much a fascist system. Yes. Yeah. And uh, and okay, so it's actually very much uh, like a. It more, very much very seems much a more socialist communist uh, system than anything because yeah. they're providing like all the food and yeah. and yeah. means and they're keeping all these people at the bottom. Like yeah, there's no capitalism to be found. Well, on that's this train. the confusing thing about this is there's I no don't, currency. I can't tell if it's well, an anti capitalism message or an anti-socialism uh, message and I don't know which one the writers are trying to say because all the all, I, the, sorry, all the characters you're supposed to be sympathetic for are these oppressed lower class people but all the messages they keep sending is that the lower class people are idiots and 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 that they just ruin everything because that's what keeps everything. happening in yeah. plot point after plot point. Th- they just make things worse and worse. I think the only commentary they could grasp onto was that it's wrong for an upper class to exploit a lower class and they don't go into any specifics because they're not it doesn't seem to be like an anti-communist anti-socialism movie but it's definitely not an anti-capitalism movie it's like you said there's no currency or anything yeah there's there's nothing like that there's no corporate there's no no evil there's no evil corporations or anything the tone of it 
is so anti-capitalist, but the but the sort of yeah. But the actual events are not at all. It's literally the only commentary is that the upper class are evil and the lower class are not. Like that is it, and it doesn't go into the specifics of to what kind of class system like at all. It doesn't talk anything about like whether. You know, uh, a little a bit like the Hunger Games is, in that way. I don't remember. What, <laughs> I don't remember the. Hunger it's a little Games bit system. Hunger Gamesy. Yeah, yeah, there's because well, no, but I don't know because because the there poor was a pe- war in that one. The though, poor people was, in the Hunger Games had to bring tribute to the rich people, though. Right. In the yeah, Hunger yeah, Games. So there do... was at least some sort of contribution. Oh, okay. It was more like a surf feudalism kind of thing. Or well, I, yeah, now I'm, that I cause I don't it, know my wasn't history. It, it so. was something like as as punishment for losing the war or whatever. They they're not killed, but they're kept in shitty slums. But they can. Play these dead and we're gonna feed them real things. bad food. Yeah. <laughs> that movie sucks too. Maybe, that's, so maybe, that's, maybe the Hunger Games are another episode. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, it's hard to hard. Yeah, so I I don't know what the I don't know what the commentary is. So I mean, the general structure of the movie is that they they have their revolution. Oh, we're gonna get these rich people. They mm-hmm. fight their way to the front of the train. And then they have a confrontation with the train master. That's that's really the whole movie. It's, they, a simple, they just, it's a very simple movie in that regard. Which is it, and it's it's, it's a it's a hours. decent premise. Like I like yeah. the, I like the premise of people fighting them to the front of a train yeah. in a small. You know, we got dread in the apartment. Yeah. The raid. There's lots of good. Yeah. That's what uh, I was talking about. Where if you remove the weak social commentary, it's like okay, this is just a movie about a post-apocalyptic setting on a train. The protagonists have to get from the back of the train to the front of the train to stop being in bad situation. Or Mm -hmm. As a structure, that's interesting. It's simple enough, and if it's just a straightforward movie, you want a simple structure like that. So this train is meant to represent capitalism for some reason. (laughs) What? So so what do you get if you take away the world? So I think that this movie is inadvertently... I'm gonna. I'm going to assume because of the tone of the movie that they're meaning to criticize capitalism. Uh-huh. That's what they mean that's to they do mean when to they're do. writing it, and that's what yeah. I'm gonna stick with because I'm too confused to know which one they're going with. But tonally, all the people that you relate to, all the people you sympathize with, are oppressed by, by, uh, by the system. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna mm-hmm. say that they meant to to, to criticize capitalism. Just a, just I just, a, just. I just found a Globe and Mail review headline, <laughs> awesome. and the headline is Snowpiercer. Keeps its message straightforward. <laughs> so I'm gonna read this and see if there's any insight from okay. John Semley. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Um, so okay, this is this huge criticism on capitalism. Well, and- just just on a side note, just while you're mentioning that, isn't it always really annoying when like these big Hollywood production <laughs> movies have anti-capitalist like messaging? Yeah, like, this is why these, you're rich. They're these huge rich corporations, <laughs> yeah. corporations with these rich millionaire actors like Chris Evans, and they're speaking out against capitalism. <laughs> okay, you idiots. Like, <laughs> again, again, you know how stupid you have to be to look at movies like this and be like, yeah, capitalism is evil. It's the rich people making these fucking movies for you, idiot. And they're they're getting you're, you're paying the rich people to make a movie about why rich yeah. people are evil. You idiot. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. So it's it's today there is a huge movement of people really wanting to tear. We talk about this postmodern neo-Marxist person, right? They're the SJWs and the universities, and they and they they want to take the power hierarchy with the rich people at the top, and you know they 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 don't want there to be all these rich people. We gotta we gotta change, have a quality of of outcomes. You know, everybody gets the same stuff. Um, and and then so you have this movie, and it's like, okay, so take away capitalism, take away the train. Oh. 
everybody goes extinct. <laughs> great, great commentary, idiot. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, we really got to tear down the system. And it's a really great parallel because you have people who want to tear down a system that they can't possibly understand. Yeah. Like, okay, well, it's unfair that Walmart can do this. So let's tear it all down. It's like, isn't that a horribly simplistic yeah. view at it? Like, you know, humanity... So maybe the film's more brilliant than we think. <laughs> humanity doesn't have to be in a good, a decent place right now. Like we could just be crawling on our arms and knees and digging through mud and stuff. I mean, but we've are, built all these complex systems. There and, are certain parts of the world that are in a shitty situation. Right? right yeah. Now. Where's their capitalism? Not like as, they, yeah. <laughs> it's not as common as people as a lot of people might think. Yeah, and and I'm I mean I'm not some unfettered proponent of of capitalism. Like yeah. there should be there should be reasonable mm-hmm. limits on what people can do. But we have all of these complex systems. Uh, oh, let's t- let's tear this train down. Hey, oh, hey, idiot! Do you even know how that train engine works? Do you even know how to live? Do you know how to grow a garden in the middle of the Arctic? What are you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> like so. I'm I'm assuming that they're criticizing capitalism and they're inadvertently making a huge argument well, for it. It's 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 tough to say watching the movie if they are criticizing criticizing capitalism because I really don't think they have like the writers had a clear understanding of what they're criticizing. But it definitely does seem weird that like these revolutionaries they just want to they just want to plan to get to the front, ruin everything and destroy the whole system, but they have no sense of what to what what then? What are you going to do then? Like, what is your... Again, a great illustration of everybody who wants to tear down the current system. Yeah, things should probably be adjusted But I don't think the writers intentionally did that. (laughs) No, I don't think they did at all. Hey, why don't we we get all these poor people to make all the... Hey, how about we get rid of our cabinet and then take a bunch of homeless people and make them run the Minister of (laughs) Education? It would be a great idea. It's a great (laughs) idea. Yeah, because that's that's what the movie's a metaphor for, is let's get rid of this, just derail this train and... You know, uh, start things over. There's a better way to do things. But it's like, okay, let's let's overthrow the government. What now? What? Yeah. What's what now? What's your plan? Once things? you do that, <laughs> they don't have a plan. As they far do- as I can see, the only kind of commentary in the movie is to get rid of the class system. But it, it doesn't offer any solution as no. to how you would get rid of a class system and stop it from happening again. Their only because solution every is every single form of government we've ever had, this planet has ever seen, has had some kind of class system to varying degrees of oppression. So they don't, this movie seemingly, the only message they seem to have is that the class system is bad, but they don't offer any explanation as to how you could get rid of it. Like what you would do other than kill everyone. Right. It's it's well. See, the plan is to kill all the rich people so that we become the rich people. (laughs) Yeah, I I guess. Wow, the the revolutionaries! (laughs) Now things will be fair because we're the rich ones, and now there's a new breed of poor people. Hey, speaking (laughs) speaking of idiots that don't know what they're talking about, let's get to the baby boomers are shit (laughs) of the week. Okay, so. Uh, this this ties into my to my last story about about being at the soup kitchen. So we have an older fellow that that helps us uh, there, and uh, so we make we usually make buns every month, uh, just with some butter on it. So we're 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 out of we're out of butter uh, that we're spreading on the buns, and I'm like, okay, we're gonna need another. We got we got another. I like where this is going. We got another, yeah, we got another forty buns to butter here. So. <laughs> Why don't, why don't we go get another carton of, of butter? And this old guy goes, oh, no, 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 we'll just, 
We'll just scrape it out of we'll just scrape it out of the thing and we can we can make it last. We've got 40 buns like we can't just scrape <laughs> what's left in this margarine container and spread it out. Baby boomers always want to make things last like and just and just like and my dad is the same way. It's like, oh, that bologna's not bad. It's only a little bit sour. Like you can still, you can still eat it. Like it's either good or it's a little bad, and you should throw it out. Yeah. What's with trying to make things last? Like you didn't grow up in the depression or anything yeah. like that. Yeah, right. We should clarify. <laughs> Muller's, not, Muller's dad is not poor. Yeah, yeah. We're not mixing no. motor oil Contrary and to what you might butter like, to eat. I mean, it could be a thing where their parents were the poor ones, and Maybe. that's how they were raised, but. Yeah, it still doesn't make sense. There's 40 buns here. Like, if there was two buns yeah. left, yeah, maybe we could scrape that and make it last a little. They're always trying to make it last. You could scrape a little off of all the other buns you've already buttered. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Dab them together. Just wiping the buns on each other. Yeah, so, <laughs> just just, now every bun is garbage instead of like, so it's like, okay, we spent, uh, I, I don't know how much margarine costs. We spent $10 on this. Not big, a lot. You can get a little bit of margarine that goes a long oh, yeah. fucking Away. We got this big tub of margarine for uh, for ten bucks, and we and we did our hundred buns. Oh, we got twenty more buns left to do. Uh, well, let's ruin all hundred buns so we can scrape them off for these extra <laughs> twenty. So now we've bucks. got hundred and twenty shitty buns instead of like why not just have a hundred and throw out the other twenty buns? Yeah. That would be better than making everybody have. <laughs> I think I, I think Braden's right when he says I think. Because they've learned from the previous generation who would have had to have dealt with depression era style living conditions and yeah, scraping the last bit of butter they possibly had. But that's by the time baby boomers were, you know, adults and buying their own butter and stuff, that's that's not a that's not a Except- it, it is it is part it is it does tie back to their uh, rejection of change, I guess. Yes, it does. Except at the same time, they buy way too much food in the fridge, so they're throwing (laughs) out food constantly. So it's not like they're, it's like, just buy a little less food and buy more of the things you need. And like, they're just always throwing out, what is the, what is food waste? Like 40% of what people buy, like they throw out or something like that. That's all baby boomers. (laughs) (laughs) Do you throw lots of food, Jono? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the the only food I threw this is hit him really hard. Here. <laughs> the only food I threw out was that Daya vegan cheese garbage. You just it, bought it, it just was to so throw wasteful. It out. <laughs> when you did, I was yeah, like, shocked. just to throw it out. No, I was trying out some different cheeses because I got problems with dairy and uh, <laughs> and uh, and so you so you go to you go to superstore and it's like okay they've got this this section for all the vegan crap or whatever. Special and needs my favorite people. aisle. And you got like 20 bags of this Daya stuff and all, all sorts of different types, shredded, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then on the left, you got like one other little brand, dinky brand sitting in the corner. So I'm like, okay, well, this seems like this is probably the really popular brand. This is probably what's going to be very good. And it was, it tasted, I don't even know what it tasted like. It, it was like it had a neon orange fluorescent like color. It would taste, it tasted like melted plastic. It's a couple molecules removed from plastic. Yeah, it's disgusting. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so I went back and I bought the tiny dinky one in the shadows and it was amazing. Nobody could tell the difference between it and real cheese. I gave a bunch yeah. of people grilled cheese sandwiches. People who don't like vegan shit, they were like, oh, this is amazing. I don't, I don't remember. It wasn't it was vegan. Spe- speaking of people who don't like vegan stuff, baby boomers, oh, I'm not going to eat that. You got, you got to not tell them that it's vegetarian. Yeah, yeah, you got to not tell them. If you tell them that it's vegetarian, they'll say that that's terrible. Yeah. I don't have strong opinions on the vegetarian. You got to trick them. You got to make them eat something they don't don't know. It's like trying to get a baby boomer to eat sushi. (laughs) Or use chopsticks. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's like trying to get you to use chopsticks. I'm with the baby boomers when it comes to... No, that's the most forward thinking they do is not use chopsticks. <laughs> Move on to the fork, motherfucker. Hey, what segment is this? Okay. <laughs> well, in praise Mullers of the baby boomers. The yeah, we're not sympathizing here. But Come on. Hey, do you... Do you guys remember on Maury when they'd have those guys who have their eyeballs can pop out of their head? Uh, do you guys remember that? They'd I do remember that. Them. I, don't, I don't remember it specific to Maury. Well, but you, I guess we always had like shows. freak show episodes yeah. probably. Yeah, so. and the, probably the guy, Ripley's Believe It or Not or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? They should stop doing that ever. If you can poke your eyes out of your head, you belong in a circus. Get, yeah, you do. Just don't ever do that. Don't ever tell anyone that you can do that. And keep it to yourself. Nobody needs to see that it's very disgusting impressive crap. of you. What do you <laughs> got against them? Dude, it's disgusting. <laughs> They're sticking their eyeballs out of your head. You yeah, sound well, like a baby we were talking about homosexuals now. <laughs> it's disgusting. Just stay, don't tell anybody. Stay yeah, home. don't tell anybody that you can do it. You should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> but the only it time, makes you less human. The only time they seem to pop up, yeah, is on these like shows like weird people or whatever. So they're just, they're just, they have a useless talent that they can't capitalize on, but they've just found a way to be like, oh, they probably paid me like a hundred bucks to be on their yeah. stupid thing. So they're just making some money. Yeah. It's very specific. Also, wasn't Maury a daily show? And I don't think you understand how difficult it is to produce, a, come up with content for a day. Uh, I'm sure we, Maury's we, not coming up with all the we've content. We've talked in depth about some of the Maury <laughs> yes, uh, yes. Uh, formulas yeah. in the past. It's pretty great. I can't overemphasize useless for that talent. And he, well, I mean, he's the yourself. one shitting on the eye-popping thing. I'm all for it. No, uh, no, I was, sorry, I was yeah, talking yeah. to him. Sorry, I was yeah, looking yeah, at you. Yeah. But I was definitely talking yeah. to well, speak, Muller. Speaking of useless talents, I uh, checked out that Ripley's Believe It or Not exhibit at Science World the other day. Okay. And I, I watched a video of a guy blowing up a balloon with his eye. Ew. He, what? He just held like the balloon up to like his eye socket. And I don't know, I guess he probably like plugged his nose in his mouth and air would come out his eye. Well, I've seen that thing that people Keep do. Keep it where to yourself. Like, <laughs> I've seen that it's thing awesome. that people do where they like pour like milk in their nose and blow it out. It's probably the same concept. Oh, yeah. It's all connected kind of. Out of their eyes. Yeah. Stop putting things out of your eyes, you freaks. <laughs> what does this have to do with baby boomers? Nah, this is just the next topic. Oh, yeah, this, is, next. this is not related. Because you know what? Because I bet you baby boomers think that's cool. That's why. <laughs> so back to baby boomers. I have one. Okay. okay. So uh, second baby Here boomer we go. of the week. Baby Get boomers ready, are baby boomers. shit of the week. We've the to... most popular episode yet. So um, <laughs> my uncle, my uncle's a baby boomer. He got married, and the wedding was quite a small affair. But first off, he lives in a baby boomer. Um, Gated neighborhood, so you see these all over. <laughs> these neighborhoods, these, <laughs> these, awesome. these like these little town, these townhouse complexes with like one-story townhouses the with ranchers. zero yard. Yeah, and there's never a tree in any of these yeah. complexes. I don't know if you noticed. They're just like desolate deserts of that's because 90s, baby boomers can't handle baby boomers can't handle abstract concepts. They can't have things like trees, <laughs> so, trees. you know, abstract <laughs> shapes. They need squares and rectangles <laughs> and circles. They can't shapes. handle plants. <laughs> I, so, I love this depiction of them like they're just complete retards. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. So I um I I arrive for the I arrive for the wedding and I'm I'm driving through the townhouse complex at probably no more than 25 kilometers an hour and this this old man does this weird arm movement. He looks like he's me. fanning you. Yeah, and is- so I, I I'm like I open the window and I'm like yeah what's up? He's like. Oh, you're going too fast. The speed limit's 10 kilometers an hour. Jesus. 10 kilometers an hour is like... That's it's idle speed. It's basically... I was about yeah. to say, that is... No just, pedals. 
on an automatic just, car. You're just lifting the foot off the brake. And you're just crawling. <laughs> you're just waiting to slowly find your brake. <laughs> it's like half an like hour. Like, I go faster when I'm parking. You can't, even get up, you can't even get up a speed bump because it'll just, <laughs> no. it'll just stop <laughs> you. Actually, there are no speed bumps in that in that complex now that I think about it. But I'm surprised because speed bumps are, are like definitely that. a baby boomer invention. That, like, <laughs> yeah, they just... Oh, too fast going 25 and I, all, I was kind of mad about that I was like wanted to see kind of what is the actual difference at stopping between 25 and, and 10 like it's it like did you, something, did you test this out no I have to oh man Shoot. I want. I can't wait to hear the results 25 to me feels like idling I know it's not but that it is it it's is slow yeah it's slow. like it's like I have to be not wearing glasses for the difference to to yeah. matter. Well, let's uh-huh. let, let's put this into context. A school zone, the, the speed limit is thirty kilometers an hour. That's right. So baby boomers are weaker than children. That's that's how more that's sensitive. how weak <laughs> and sensitive they are. They, they even the children can handle more. Hey, do you guys want to go play tennis? Sorry, I'm too weak. But why don't you take my four year old son? He'll be able to do it. I think <laughs> I've driven cars that have an idle speed faster than ten kilometers an hour. So you'd have to be riding the brakes just to be going the speed <laughs> limit in. In these, things. Should, some cars don't even have a you, like. It's ten isn't. It's so inaccurate down there in the speedometer that you can't even know whether you're going ten. It usually starts at twenty. Mm-hmm. You, so did you just immediately roll up your window halfway through his sentence, like I did to that <laughs> other lady? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, and then rolled up. My oh, I had a, I had a very similar story a few episodes ago. That was I just I just Three. rolled it up on her and. <laughs> sorry. Now, is this baby? Boomer, yeah, what's this have to do with your baby uncle's boomer wedding? Specific? Yeah, I was gonna ask about the wedding. <laughs> Or old people specific. Because I think there's a difference. You think there's a difference between... Uh, see, uh, part of this segment I just think is a lot of old people characterization. Like, it, well, this, this, this old people... <laughs> baby boomers are old people, and so they're going to act like old people. Yes. And so some of the rants that you have are sure. just there, old people rants. I think there's a distinct difference. And if we look back at... Uh, last at the day last week or, the our, our previous <laughs> episode when Braden brought in uh, basically their ineptitude when it comes to technology yeah see so when someone who's like 90 or a hundred years old which is the previous generation to baby boomers when they don't understand how to you know log into an email or anything that's super simple it's understandable because by the time email was mm-hmm. a thing they were already old I don't find it unacceptable for a 95 year old not to understand how to log into things so it's the middle of the 16th century printing press gets invented uh-huh. and books are a thing now don't you think the old people in that era would be like who needs books when you can go outside and or you can just tell a story. No, because baby boomers still use this technology. I'm, like they're still trying to use emails, but they get super pissed off and blame the email. And we're just going back to retreading the previous episode. <laughs> but the point this being, is a contentious issue for all young the people. Point, the point being is <laughs> it's universal. I'm not talking about complex things. We're talking about just signing into like their email. It's totally fine to me that a 95 year old doesn't really use the internet much because, like I said, they were old by the time the internet was a thing. When baby when the internet arrived for baby boomers, they were like 40. That's a perfect. That you're still can learn how to you know sign into like we're still they they, to they had emails back then yeah exactly <laughs> that that's the difference is that but is, that's also is so that not a product person, of the age in which they became old or is that because what what are I sometimes think when I get six when I become sixty mm-hmm. I'm gonna be like what is all this stuff the young kids are doing with who knows what weird I don't think you stuff will be I think you'll probably just keep reading on your phone and you'll be pretty up to date. Because yeah. you have a constant news I think stream. There's, there's a certain, there's a stubbornness to why baby boomers uh, don't understand certain things that's different 
that's different than the previous generation's inability. Like because the previous generation and and uh, like if they don't want you to drive too fast or whatever, it's because they're just super old and everything in their life is just running in slow motion. Yeah, all they baby do is boomers aren't quite that old. And they might die. <laughs> so if they're getting mad at you for speed, there's a difference. There's something different about it. I'll admit that there, it is a little hard to read, but there is something different about mm -hmm. baby boomers than like just super old people. Mm -hmm. Something about super old people doing annoying shit doesn't annoy me as much because I'm like, but yeah, that, they're old. They're, you know. Yeah. Don't but know don't you think on. that 60-year-olds 40 years ago are very similar to 60-year-olds today? I don't know. I wasn't around 40 years ago. Exactly. That's I, don't, I don't think... <laughs> we only have this very limited perspective. <laughs> yeah, I, I've been thinking about this lately and I think that if you go back even a hundred years, you're probably talking to people who are not even similar, uh, a similar species People didn't live to, to 60. Like, like, yeah, like no. if you try to imagine having a conversation with someone even, yeah, or even like two or 300 years ago, like you're like, I'm probably talking to a different species a entirely. Difference. Like all you have to do is well, go to a different, a totally different country of people who speak another language and like they're already pretty much, they're, they're going to be really different than the way that you think about things. I don't, I don't, like really, I would use really in like the smallest font available in Microsoft Word to say <laughs> that, because um, you do see lots of similarities as well when you if you watch if you Eat, go to sleep, countries. poop. Yeah, <laughs> I think the point of it all is uh, it's important that everyone has someone to look down on, and for us, that's baby boomers. <laughs> well said. That's what it is. It, old people, that that's too broad. I need something more. I need a more mm -hmm. specific group to hate on. That's yeah. well. I think I think it's they took okay. away racism. They took away sexism. Now I, it's on to ageism. I <laughs> I think it's okay. I think it's okay to refer to them as baby boomers because it, it it refers to a specific age group. But I think I'm saying that age group will always be like that, whether well, it's baby boomers or in 20 years Gen X. I don't know. Gen I, Xs don't annoy I me. I feel yet. like the generation not yet. The generation before the boomers, though, they, they were more willing to ask for help and stuff because like the boomers are a little more self centered generally. Like again, I, I used this before, but my 96 year old grandma would email me every week. I thought she was 93. She figured that crap out all the time. And I get a lot of baby boomers like at work or in my life I encounter. And second something goes wrong, like you said, Andy, they blame the it's, computer, yes. they blame the email, they give up, they don't want to, oh, I gave it a shot, it didn't work, I'm done. Yeah, it's not, it's not that they don't understand it, it's that it doesn't work. It's that subtle difference, yeah. and it's not necessarily their inability to do these things, it's their reasoning, like their, the, their tone about, about yeah. why they can't do these the things. The tone is annoying, yes. yes. So, Very. Uh, what's that have to do with your uncle's wedding? Tell us about the wedding. It wasn't, well, I mean, there's a little family <laughs> things behind it. So it was an interesting affair for. German wedding? Uh, no. Uh -oh. No, he well, actually. Um, <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> He's very German. But, <laughs> but um, she's not German at all. She's very North American. So that's interesting. Nope. The bridge. <laughs> I'm so used to German so culture. Uh, do they, when they. <laughs> Sorry, I, me I meant to say interesting in the smallest font available on Microsoft Word. <laughs> um, I, I you asked about the wedding. They're really, it was a, it was a it was a small wedding, and they were too excited. They're like teenagers. Wait, did you just say that we asked you about the wedding? You story? did. No, you brought it up. To I brought it up, but you asked me to explain it. I was gonna be. I was, was gonna just be fine just saying that he was driving to a wedding. The important part was the oh, driving story. Oh, sorry. I thought the, the wedding, wedding. I thought this was just the a wedding. Baby. Was at your un your uncle's place. Well, they, in in no, these in these, uh, yeah, we don't need in, these in these baby boomer deserts, there's oh, okay. a clubhouse. He got accosted by an annoying baby boomer. Sorry, it was bugging way. me. It wasn't. It wasn't lining up in my head. Now oh, I, I see. I have one question though. Then we can move on. When they fed each other cake, did they do it messy or did they? 
They didn't you know, really they, do the cake thing. It was it was when you're that age. When you're that age, all the traditional <laughs> wedding tropes are completely irrelevant. What was uh, what was their honeymoon like? Um, they're on it right first now. Night together. I think they went to the island. What song was did they do for their first dance? Uh, so pop quiz: uh, Which generation is responsible for building cities in the middle of a desert? <laughs> <laughs> That's a tough one to answer, actually. Wouldn't it be the greatest generation? Because if you think about the age of the people in the era when... You're probably right. Most, yeah. That backfired to you, Muller. Yeah. yeah sorry, yeah, Muller. Okay. Uh, speaking of annoying people being upset about stupid stuff, what, what was with it in Snowpiercer <laughs> uh, when they finally found out what their little blood food packets were made of, like the little food gelatin things mm-hmm. they were making? They start working their way up the train. Yeah. And they find out. They get to the the part of the portion of the train where the, those little gelatin packs are being yeah, made. Yeah, and they know the guy who's making it. I they guess. know He's the guy who's buddy. making it. He yeah. used to probably live back in the train or whatever. But they find out that these gelatin packs, like they've been eating these little like hard jello like cubes. Uh, they find out that this whole time they've been made out of crickets. And they get super fucking pissed off. But well, like Chris Evans is looking in this uh, whatever vat that's like grinding up the. All the vis- bugs, you yeah. can visibly see crickets. It's cricket specific. I have to describe like this vat and how horrifying this is, though. Do you guys remember that scene in Lord of the Rings when they go down uh, into like their kind of their depiction of hell, where they're digging out the Urukai and you know Saruman's yeah, got yeah. his, his ind- war machine, indust- war, machine of industry or whatever. I don't know. Uh, and uh, you know they're pouring molten lava, and it's just like this hellish thing. So th- yeah, they look down into this vat where they're grinding the bugs, and it's just like, oh, it's Sauron's uh, the horrible hell dimension or whatever, and all these bugs and inferno and I, grinding, and it's I like, ah, oh, there's bugs growing and grinding into our bars of food. <laughs> oh. I think you're remembering this in a from a drug induced state because <laughs> it's far it's far more subdued than that. No man. And like it's it's hard. They're 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 yeah. horrified. It's not even the visual that's striking. It's like the music they play yeah, during it is true. what's supposed to get yeah, you going. Yeah, they play this music. It goes. Don't the people you know, who like, like the, very much sorry. want you to live a low carbon lifestyle? Don't they? Aren't they proponents of eating insects? Yes. Uh, aren't Koreans proponents so of eating is, insects? Yeah, I don't this know. Is, <laughs> no, no, this is part of what I don't understand. So this Koreans, whole time they've been eating these hard gel, like these dark, dark red gelatin packed things, and they look disgusting. Like they and they complain about them being disgusting. These are disgusting. And then they get to the they get to the train where they find out where they like where it's made, and they find out what it is. They look in this fat, and it turns out it's just grinded up crickets or whatever. And they're so mad, they start freaking out. Like Chris Evans is looking at it, and he like puts his hand over his mouth, like he's like about to like mm-hmm. half puke or whatever. Like he's and he's so super pissed and there's, off. There's about a guy it. who draws everything. He keeps like a visual history of what's happening on the train. He he yeah, says specifically suck by the way. And yeah, they do. And he says specifically because <laughs> he's the other guy that sees it. He's like, don't draw this. Like he doesn't want the people to know is it that, that they're eating insects. Cra- is it that crazy? Is it better than Star? To death. Yeah, it's actually in terms or of cannibalism. Like, well, let's yeah, let's talk we'll about food. Let's just talk about food right now. This is this is a great. Time it just to seemed talk really weird because the idea of eating bugs to sustain life is not people eat is bugs. not unheard of. Like that's that's actually fairly common in a lot of parts of the world, yeah. and not even super poor countries or anything like no. that. Like they actually, I've oh. I read this somewhere. I don't know how true it is. That, I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna that we should actually it. be eating 
bugs because of the health benefits. Like some bugs, obviously not all bugs. Yeah. Some of them are poisonous. Eighty percent of the world's population eats insects as a regular part of crickets their diet. and grasshoppers. Like at Safeco Field like, in Seattle, like they, serve, of, they serve they uh, serve salt salted lime grasshoppers. It's because they're like full of healthy protein yeah. and shit, right? And yeah. on Amazon, you can go and buy like grasshopper protein bars. There's um, or yeah, grasshopper you can buy flour. cricket flour. Cricket a lot of people, flour. I know people have used it. And apparently, it's awesome. But this is a North American yeah. product. This is not it's some very weird Asian product that you find and you don't know. It's like, oh, they got hamburgers in a in a can. You know, like this is not a weird thing like that. This is this I, is uh, I don't know. It's just a normal Amazon thing. Especially yeah. because they come like the environment that they're used to living under is really poor and gross and disgusting. Like eating bugs, I could maybe understand where you'd be like, oh man, we've been eating bugs this whole time. That kind of sucks. But it's like he. He gets super fucking pissed off about it. Like yeah. he's disgusted by. It. Yeah, he says to the other guy, like, "Don't, don't write this down." Like the people. Yeah, this will be this. the this will be this the straw that breaks the camel's back. It's just absurd about how mad he was when. Yeah, bugs aren't that. Eating bugs isn't that crazy. Like especially compared to starving to death. So, uh, <laughs> let's talk about what else they've eaten in this movie. <laughs> um, so going going right near the near to the end of the movie, Chris Evans has the most boring uh, monologue. monologue ever. Uh, just I, I think you mean the most hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're, they're going to break into the engine room, so they're basically almost almost done their quest, and they're just going to put a bomb. So there's a bit of a calm before the storm, and and he's lamenting all the things that he's had to do, um, and he says. And, he, and he's, you know, he's crying and he says, you know, I hate, I, I hate myself. I, and he tells this story about how uh, at the back of the train when they, when, you know, when all of this started, uh, they didn't have any food so that they had to eat people. He says, first we, we ate the weak people. Yeah. Um, he says, I, I, I hate the fact that I know uh, that, that I had to eat somebody. No, he says no, I, that I, I know I, what, I, that I know what human tastes like. Right, right. Yeah. It's this, it's this poetic thing, which is. Which is probably fine. I would hate that too. I was fine with that line yeah. of dialogue. Uh, and, th- and then he follows it up. But you know what I hate the most? Yeah, he's getting all teary. <laughs> that, that, that babies taste the best. <laughs> <laughs> it is like comical. Is he- <laughs> yeah, we, were, we, were, we kind of watched that scene just before we started the podcast as a bit of a refresher. And I was just killing myself laughing. So hilarious. Wonderful comedic timing. It, just the phrasing of it is just brilliant comedy. The thing is, is it sounds like it sounds. Yeah, it sounds like a line in a comedy movie. It's, yeah. it almost sounds like that line came from a parody movie of this movie. Or it sounds like it's actually just the movie you're talking about. And it's like Chris Evans is really trying to sell the line. Like he's kind of oh, he's trying. He's like doing this thing, <laughs> and then. And then he delivers that, and you just laugh because it's such a stupid line. It also sounds like something that a uh. villain, like if the Joker was a cannibal, that that he would say to taunt the protagonist. Yeah, maybe. And, right. you know, oh, baby, tastes great. It needs yeah. some yeah. kind of comedic they taste, delivery. Oh, that tastes the, the best. Yeah, it's it needs to come either sound like it's coming from a maniac, like the Joker, or yeah, it's a comedy thing that they're going. It it, it is the. Dumbest line. It's actually a pr- stupid line. It's a pretty funny line if it was presented <laughs> as a comedy. It's not something the Wayans brothers would have thought up in some dumb parody nope. movie. So um, on top of all, the of sad this, thing was it was necessary for the rest of the the monologue. 
because yeah, because he, he goes on. It has, it's yeah, it's yeah, crucial yeah. to the story, right? He goes on so about how everybody cut off their own arms well, and talk, legs to save each other. Well, he talks about how like he was one of the people that who killed some mom in the back of the train to get their baby so he could eat it because you know they taste the best. Um, <laughs> Delicious. And, uh, I hate that uh, the baby tasted. Some the of the more the ethical mom. people were like, "No, don't take that baby," and like they. they cut off their own arm and handed it to him and said, eat this. And he was just moved and touched by that moment. So yeah, you're right. It's crucial to the, this little character. It's just, how moment. could you have phrased that? It's not even a terrible idea. No, the, no. the story idea, it's purely poor phrasing. Cause he could have said, yeah. I hate the, the fact that I, that I've eaten people. I hate the fact that I've well, eaten a, a baby. Well, there's a strange implication, like, you know, like, actually, like our, if you think about know, this. Even that would have been better. He says, <laughs> babies taste the best, which is a comparative. So he's comparing babies to be preferable to normal humans, which yeah. so it means that he he sought out babies willingly <laughs> to eat because he wanted something that tasted better, not just for survival. This was for an indulgence. I hate well, was, fact, so yes. this, I hate that babies. So he was living taste like the, the people in the front of the train, indulging this pu- in this babies. Completely throws back to what, to the previous thing we were just talking about, in that he was Ooh. so mad about having that. Oh, they've been feeding us crickets the whole time. What the fuck are you talking about? You've been eating babies purely <laughs> because they taste better. You've been, and you're mad you've about crickets? What the fuck are you talking I, about? Well, yeah, because now I'm not going to, now the cricks are, the bars are going to taste worse. In my mind, I've been thinking about babies and they've taken that fantasy away from me. Now I'm going to be thinking about crickets. It's going to taste a bit worse. <laughs> you know, it's like when you know what you're eating, it uh, changes, changes the way it tastes. But the question is, you pay more for a steak. Sure, okay, better. babies taste better. But if, if you're fighting for survival then why are you still eating babies it's like it's like you're you're eating now for pleasure because you're going for the more tasty option yeah babies are like still so babies are still he's living human. in the scum world as <sighs> as one of the people who lives in the yeah. front of the train because he's he's right, eating he's for pleasure a rich person yeah he's also eating the younger generation that they're he's trying to you know keep the, keep themselves alive but they're eating the babies I mean like, there is that whole make any sense it is that's a fair plot point that they intended yeah. For him to feel like an imposter, he talks about, oh, I can't be a leader of these Fair people enough. if they knew what I did. But it's poorly delivered. It's poorly delivered, and it doesn't come off the way that you just said it. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, so in that There's mon- way less meat on a baby. You're taking a life and getting way less. You're clearly it's the, the baby oppressor fat. here. In that monologue, too, like, I don't know, maybe baby the character fat. was just trying to streamline the story, but he talks about, oh, yeah, I was about to eat this baby, and then uh, one of the old guys comes up, and he cut off his arm with a knife and said, eat this instead. You know, how hard it would be to cut your arm off with a knife just yeah. like, quick enough to stop this guy from eating a baby. Also, do you and know how he still does. He hang on, say, guys, hang on. He didn't say axe. <laughs> he didn't say machete. He, no, he said, said knife. Because I had the same thought. Yeah, do you know, it'd be yeah. so hard to cut your own arm off. Like you'd go. Do you know how hard it happened? Do you know how hard it would be to not die after doing that? Yeah, yeah right. I, I did a bit of a read <laughs> up on this because because they talk about people getting their legs chopped off and and they don't die for some reason and they and so the science of it is that. If somebody chops off your leg in one fell swoop, uh, the way that your muscles swell up and expand, it actually blocks your arteries and saves your life. Oh. Okay. But if it doesn't happen in one swoop, like it's multiple hacks, doesn't happen anymore. Right, because probably the, gonna the bleed out. would continue. Yeah, you're probably going to bleed out unless somebody can stitch that up. Oh, we got a bunch of poor doctors back here stitching <laughs> everybody. He's talk, telling you this story about all these people chopping off their arms and legs. Is that 90% of them are probably going to die from this. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, this is supposed to be this big emotional monologue. It's the climax of 
of the character, I think, at least. Yes, and absolutely. That's in- it's intended to be. Yeah. That. Yeah, and it just comes across as dumb. It's like you you only have to put uh, like three seconds of thought into it to it for the whole thing. You're already laughing for one <laughs> for those three seconds, but then when you start to think about it and break it down, it's just yeah. so dumb. It makes no sense at all. There's huge leaps in logic yeah. as to how this would work. Are they passing around a knife at every? There's oh, hang on, guys, hang on, hang on. They're mixing their, their blood, and blood, blood like, together. They have no amenities. They, they, there'd be so much infection going on. Was Chris Ugh. Evans the only one trying to eat babies? Because it seems weird that like you have like a, a, a bunch because of no one, like it was a few of them. I think it was like a gang. Yeah, you, you, you would a think gang. you have like a mob mentality of people being like. All right, we're rounding up all the babies and we're eating. I'm like, they'd be really hard. Like, you're not going to appeal to those people on an ethical level. They would be so hard to stop. Yeah, like they're, the, they're a little gone, far gone at that if point. If you're eating babies purely Willingly. because they taste better than, yeah. than just people's arms and shit, like, you're, you're too far gone to reason yeah. down to ethics. I have, um, I have a review here for, by Sarah. Uh, in Cinesnark.com. Cinesnark. So what makes Snowpiercer so special? Is it the unique and compelling vision from a master filmmaker not widely known to North American audiences, thus making his work feel fresh and new? Might have been that run-on sentence. Uh, Is it the bone-crushing action or the jaw-dropping visuals? Is it a bananas performance from Tilda Swinton or a, or a game-changing turn from Chris Evans? Or is it D, all of the above? Uh, no, it's E, none of the above. Uh, what website is this? Uh, Cinesnark.com. Mm. Also, she says, or is it D, all of the above? But there was actually five choices before that. <laughs> before, so uh, Sarah from Cinesnark, uh you should be ashamed of yourself for this yeah. for this review. Should also well, say, it's also Cinesnark. Uh, this this point in the movie where Chris Evans they probably cr- don't have an editor cries about <laughs> eating babies uh, is completely the point in the movie in which the whole thing goes no pun intended off the rails. Like it just get, it turns into fucking <laughs> okay nonsense. So, <laughs> so let's before, there's a there's a few things I think we got to cover before sure. we get yeah. to the. I just wanted to point out that, that it's this, this climax of the movie from here on end it's just a shit show. So just a train wreck. I'm gonna title this chapter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna title this chapter uh, "Medical Inspection for Kids." Medical Inspection for Kids. So the way that, the the one main way that they oppress all these people is that they. They, they, they come, the, the rich people come into the back and they say, uh, everybody bring out your kids because we need a medical inspection to medical inspect your kids. Yeah. Uh, and it sounds pretty much just as legitimate as that. It's yeah. the, the, the propaganda that they use to convince huh. these, these uh, poor people of nothing because nobody buys into it is just as shallow as the social commentary that the whole movie is yeah. doing. Yeah. Uh, to bring out your kids for a medical inspection and then, uh, then they, okay, let me inspect this kid and then she just takes out a tape measure, measures the kid's height and then moves on. It's like, that's not a medical inspection. Like, you're just measuring how tall the kids are. <laughs> it's like, we gotta make sure these kids are the right height. Yeah, it does <laughs> seem weird that these like this lower class of poor people in the back of the train, like they were smart enough to form a plan to break through the first few barriers and and get ahead on the train, but they weren't smart enough to think that's like, yeah, this they're not actually medically inspecting this. <laughs> 
Like well, I'm, I'm just saying they're not like it's not like they're a completely primitive tribe and they just don't understand the culture and society. They have an understanding. Like, I don't think they buy into it, but it's just funny that they use it anyways. The thing that yeah, I that thought maybe it's the how stupid the people at the front are for thinking that this yeah, would man. be a, yeah, the thing a that, reasonable <laughs> explanation. The fun the funny plot point was that uh, there's this uh, this black lady from uh, she's in I think the help. Uh, and she's and she she's, was in the shape of water. It says the black right, lady right. in the shape of water. Yeah, and she, she's hiding a kid under her dress so that he doesn't get medically inspected. Uh, and mm-hmm. then and then Tilda Swinton, the evil rich uh, propagandist lady, uh, somehow through this crowd of people notices that there's a kid standing under. You can't even see. I, I couldn't see when I was looking yeah. at it. And then takes the kid. And I'm thinking. Why don't you just hide the kid in one of the train cars instead of hiding him right where they're doing the medical inspection under yeah. your or dress? Or just behind the large crowd of people. Yeah, or just, just <laughs> anywhere but where you're away. Well, why, yeah. it's, it's such a bizarre thing because clearly they're not doing head counts on these kids. So why don't you just put, them, put the kid anywhere? Anywhere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know how many cameras they got, but there's going to be some blind spots in this train. There's like a billion train cars. I believe she's also the co worker of Dwight's when he temporarily works at Staples. Oh, in the office. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. She hates him. No, that's not her. Is that not that, her? That chick's from Community. Do all black people look the same? <laughs> yeah, you're a big racist. Uh-oh. Oh, sorry, guys. I blew it. So, the so, then they just, so then they just kidnap the kid. And, and that's what they do is they're just taking kids uh, and taking up to the front where the rich people are and nobody knows what's happening with the kids. Apparently some of the kids are playing music for them and some of the kids are you know, helping make the bugs or something like that. Like they, they just give them mm, yeah. jobs or something like that. I don't know. I don't got to boil so the eggs. So I think this ties back into the beginning when we were talking about the ridiculous social commentary and what exactly are the front of the train people exploiting from the back of the train people because they keep taking these kids to the front and they don't you don't I, know why. I'm surprised for the that the movie. people at the front don't also know that babies taste the best. Yeah, yeah I guess so. Well, they don't because they're not savages like They've these people They've just been eating in the like back. sushi and shit. At right. <laughs> oh. Um, Do Koreans eat sushi? Yeah, uh, uh, probably. Don't they? I don't know. I don't think it's a state. They probably eat it because it it made it there. But I don't. Sushi's not from Korea. Capitalism. So anyway, uh, Chris Evans or what is his name in the movie? Curtis Evans. Curtis. Yeah, it's Curtis, Curtis Evans in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> he finally gets to the front and he runs into Wilfred, who's the name of the train is like the Wilfred train or something like that. Yeah. He, he runs the whole operation, uh, and. He shows him what they've been using the kids for, like why they've been taking the kids. What did they ever tell them why they were taking? Like, what was their explanation to the poor people as to why they were taking the train? They it was medical inspection. I don't think they ever actually explained it. But then they ever be like, uh, so is he ever uh, coming back from his? Well, that's why they were freaking out because they knew the kids weren't going to be coming back. So anyway, we find out what is this precious resource that the whole class system is based around, (laughs) and as it turns out, they're using children to stuff into the train engine because there's like working parts that need maintenance that only a small child can handle. It's not maintenance. He specifically... I don't know what it was. Spe- it was confusing to me. So uh, who's, the, who's the main villain again in the Ed end? Harris. Ed Harris is explaining his master plan. So it's like the architect uh, it's scene It's very in the much Matrix. like the architect scene. Um, That's what it reminded me of as well. Yeah. What do you mean? It, it, 
Uh, remember Matrix at the end, end of Matrix 2 when Matrix... Oh, when yeah. Matrix, when, when, when Matrix uh, Man goes John, When John Matrix... <laughs> I wish. John, that's yeah. the, they screwed that up in the Matrix. It should have been John Matrix been instead John of Neo. Well, the movie would have been over super quick. Those yeah. robots John wouldn't Matrix have been a problem the for Matrix. them. <laughs> yeah, Sorry, I don't, so, yeah. So he's explaining this master plan, and I don't know how long it's going to take us to pull that apart because it's so hilarious. Oh, like I said, well, this wait, is where the movie Wikipedia falls Wikipedia describes it well. Um, the kids are being trapped as replacement parts for extinct, quote-unquote, machinery. Yeah, he specifically says that. He says, oh, well, we've recently had some machinery that's gone extinct. So the kids are not maintaining they're the parts. engine. They're, they're, they're in their parts. That's even dumber, then. They're in their maintenance, physical maintenance parts. Maintenance isn't as dumb as them being physical think, parts of an engine. Think about... It's retarded. Think about any mechanical device you've ever seen. Think about your car. Think about a train. <laughs> <laughs> Can you think of a single part in any of there that you could just do yourself? Like, yeah. oh, I'll just, I'll just be the carburetor. Insane. I'll just suck the gas and spit it in at intervals into the valves. And so uh, this move- I'll just be the spark plugs and, and use a little <laughs> lighter and quickly, you know, a, a thousand times a minute, just, uh, you know, create a little spark. Like, you can't replace parts no. with a human, you idiot. It makes... It so would, the movie takes place in what, 2030 or yeah, something? 2031? I, I, th- like I think you're being willfully ignorant that Maybe. because the idea was it's so, so dumb stupid. that you assumed that they were just in there maintaining you, the you thing know, because that actually made you know sense. Yeah. Far, Your brain literally rejected the idea <laughs> that they could... They, he said, oh, of course, that's not what they do meant. Do you know it's, how far back in technology you'd have to go to be able to utilize a human to replace a certain mechanical like, part? I don't know. I'm thinking like, of... If, if our trains now... Like something about their engines broke down, and we yeah we couldn't get the parts. You wouldn't be able to just stuff a child into it's it. Good. This is a, fu- a super futuristic train. You'd have to go way far you have back to go back to, like, to a like, Looney Tunes thing where they're on a little cart yeah. and they've got train, a teeter totter that you're yeah. pumping up and down. Did require a person to shovel coal into into the. But they didn't engine. need to be that. They would have like in order for that like reference like a parallel reference. I know, they'd right. have to be a part of the coal like and the you need a coal train, not yeah, the yeah. guy stuffing it into it. Like that's I know right. It's, and why would, you wouldn't need a kid stuffed with a coal, and yet an adult no. would work just fine. And again, maybe this, this actually <laughs> this would no work. My brain's just this would work brilliant as as a comedy element if they're like, yeah, we power the engine is powered by children. <laughs> yeah, like that's like, like that's, like, that's, that's a funny children. dark humor kind of kind of thing that's going on. So maybe perhaps because I don't know if the if they translated the movie. There's a bit of ESL to the script. Maybe there, like, there's a Korean word for part that is a little bit different than our <laughs> word for part, and so it works in Korean. But no one, no one alone no one to thought, thought to correct the yeah. translation. It's not even like it's a cheap well into production. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. It's not even a cheap ADR or something. We have no. pretty well paid actors <laughs> yeah. acting out these. Ed Harris, he's not, he's not just a nobody actor or no. anything like that, or you know, even Chris Evans, who you know. Yeah. Well, how good of an actor, whatever, but he's he's certainly a popular actor. It's funny when you get a glimpse of the of the little kid in that little part doing whatever he's doing. Like you can't even tell what's happening. Uh, yeah, yeah. You, no, you can you see can. he's kind of like bunch doing of moving so, like, parts, like kind of moving his hands. Yeah, back he's and reaching forth, back and like, forth. Reach, yeah, yeah. It just kind of looks like he's it's, grabbing one piece of coal from the pile and then he puts it into the fire. But it's not the coal. Other like <laughs> the part of the engine, the part of the engine that he's in. It's like he's just surrounded by moving gears. It doesn't look like he's yeah. able to move around comfortably. Yeah, how did he get there to first? losing a finger. Yeah, well, that's, that's the other thing. That's yeah. what we talked. So the way that Chris Evans gets him out is is he just shoves his hand into one of the gears and then they, uh, like, they pick up one tile, run random tile in yeah out of the floor in the front cab. There. And then yeah, he shoves his arm in. But then there's the other kid who goes into. It looked like he was going. It was in the side 
And he like, well, let me finish this your thing first, and yeah. then we'll. So, so yeah, we should clarify. So he goes out. So he's like, I'm gonna rescue this kid. So he he times his arm, like he, he you know you know when you know in in a, in a kung fu movie and. They're, they got the water droplets and they're trying to move their hand through the water droplet without getting their hand wet. You know, boop, 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 boop. the water's dripping sure. and then they try to do it really quick. So he's looking at the gears like that, like he's going to get his hand in there and then he just crams his arm and gets it stuck in the gear anyways. Yeah, yeah. so basically like the way the kid's in there, it's not like they open up a tile and then there's, there's a car- compartment they can just pull the kid out. They open up the tile and there's like a spinning gear and then below the spinning gear yeah. you can see the child in a tiny little compartment working around other gears and whatever. So Chris Evans, yeah, he has to jam his hand in there. He wants to get the child out, so he jams his hand in there to stop the gear that, that's above the child. But it doesn't make sense, because the child, they're regularly replacing these children. Yeah, like Ed they Harris just shoves had... his hand in every time yeah. and gets it I know. cut off. Like, there must have been a in? more sensible way to get them in and out of there. And, and it's not like uh, uh, Curtis Evans like shouts, like, you, tell me, how do we get this kid out of there? And then Ed Harris says, no, I'm not going to tell you. He, there's no moment like that. He just, just He's like, alright, well, I just got to jam my arm in this gear. <laughs> I'm not even going to ask how to get the kid out. So this brings me to the part where they are so focused on the social commentary that they can't make the just, story make sense. They'll just write anything. Yeah, they'll just write anything. They're like, okay, well, it's a metaphor <laughs> Kids. for... It's a metaphor for this. It's like, yeah, but the literal version of what you're writing didn't make sense. Like, right, okay, so the metaphor, a, yeah. Yeah, a, a good metaphor or allegory, both it versions yeah. need to work yeah. uh, <laughs> for, for it to make sense. Uh, and and, and it, it doesn't make sense. But at the same time, the social commentary is so weak that it's like, what are you sacrificing the literal translation yeah. for? It doesn't make any sense. So it fails on all accounts. <laughs> yeah. They do such disservice to the actual literal thing that's happening that it just ruins, I think, any attempt they make at a commentary. It's just so fucking goofy again. They get, this the is, commentary sucks. This though, movie not, uh, is very yeah. played extremely straight. And if you painted this scenario as a comedy, it would work brilliantly. Would. <laughs> but they work their way up to the front and there's like little Timmy in the engine running it. It's yeah. so fucking stupid. It would have been great if he just had a bunch of gears that he was yeah. like, like, sorry, levers that he was pulling he practically back and forth. Was. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't even know if we have any direct quotes or anything, but like Ed Harris has this drawn out monologue where he keeps talking about how they're keeping the people oppressed and they have and to have a certain amount of chaos and fear yeah. otherwise the, the order of society goes out of order it's like it's so heavy handed he, he's supposed to represent what rich people think of all the poor people it's like, I don't think rich people are thinking this no. way like they're like oh man we gotta keep these poor people yeah. uh, at a certain level of unhappiness otherwise things won't work out it's like I think they're probably thinking I wonder what my stock price is today like, yeah <laughs> I like, I'll lose like, my money. Like, like, they're t- like, he talks about it as if the suffering that happens from being exploited is the end game for the rich person. The rich person's mm-hmm. like, oh, well, I need, uh, I'm going to hire this person for $10 to dig this ditch, and I'm going to make $20, and I like making that extra $10 difference. And, and, and yeah. the way that they talk about it is like, oh, I want that guy to dig that ditch because I hate him. And uh, yeah. you know, like, like, yeah. like the suffering that you're putting on the person is the end game uh, of this. <laughs> and like, that's, that's his whole model. Like, he's just going off and about, we finely tuned the suffering yeah. of the poor people. Like, it, so so that everything works it's like it's not you know the suffering is a byproduct yeah. <laughs> of the labor it's not the thing that makes society work having people suffer yeah. it's the lamest shallowest commentary and that brings you to the question well when can you put a commentary into something and not have uh, the mall boys all make fun of you 
while we answered it just a second ago, which is it should work on both levels. It, it should. should work on the literal level. So if you don't get the commentary, it's still a good story, and then it uh, uh, and then you have this this extra metaphorical I, layer. I Sorry think, to cut you off there. I think you just don't understand capitalism. <laughs> capitalism is yeah. bad, Muller. And in this movie, they say it's bad. And it is bad in real life, so life, so life, so life, so Well, life, so well, life, so well, well I, I think that the best, best way, commentary. the best way that we should uh, improve the world is we should crash capitalism into a mountain and blow it up. Well, I guess, <laughs> no, you know, Blow the door to capitalism and let the avalanche take it out. Now, yeah. now that we've perfectly explained capitalism, perhaps we should get to our ad read, make some money. Yeah, yeah, let's, uh, let's make some... Get that out of the way let's before make we some, finish up here. Let's make some moolah. So I got another public service announcement for you guys here. <coughs> so, it's, so we're not making money on this? Yeah, they, they pay for public service announcements. Those aren't free. They pay for the network, and they pay us. Uh uh, this message is brought to you by the Liberal Party of Canada. Did uh -oh. you know that men and women do not get the same fair treatment and equality in the workplace? Uh -huh. Do you guys know this? Yeah, I've fully aware. You guys I've been have been reading about this. Times. Well, for anybody who's not convinced, let me let me help you guys understand. For every one woman who commits suicide due, this, due to the stress of her work or the nihilism of her life, uh, having too much responsibility and being able, having to pay alimony to her scheming ex, 3.6 men kill themselves. <laughs> Not, this is a huge problem with our society. We need so to there's have a gender. It, there's a gender gap. There's, there's a, a suicide huge gap gender gap. People talk about the gender wage gap that you know it's 76 percent disparity, and you know we've discussed that, and it's more like 93 or 95 percent, and that five percent's a huge deal. But look at this. This is a 360 percent disparity between men and women uh, in suicides. We need to deal with this equality of outcome problem as soon as possible. You can take action. Any women listening, kill yourselves. <laughs> gotta get those rates up. Yeah, you gotta get those wow. rates up. Once things are equal, then we can finally have a fair society that the, that the Liberal Party of Canada This does uh, sound like a Liberal Party solution. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, thanks, for, uh, thanks for the ad money there, nice Liberal Trudeau. Party of, uh, of uh, Canada. Let's, uh, let's get the equality happening. Thank you. So can I mention one thing that goes completely unacknowledged in this movie? Mm -hmm. A pregnant woman gets murdered and nobody, it goes completely by the wayside. Oh, the teacher? the teacher's, so the yeah. teacher's very, very pregnant. <laughs> Notably, and, like they even do a close-up yeah. off her stomach. And then they do this, that's kind of the scene where she's teaching the kids, they're singing their song So they have classrooms, the, the rich people have classrooms yeah. where they're teaching the kids all yeah. the propaganda. And that's kind of where you as the viewer learn a bit of history, who gives a crap, about the, the train, the history of it and all that. And then uh, it turns out it's kind of a trap. She pulls out a machine gun. Yeah. They end up mowing down a bunch of the peasants and stuff. And one of the guys that's with Chris Evans uh, pulls out like a, a knife or a, a blade, something, something sharp, and he and throws, throws it across it the room, slices her right in the neck. She goes down, and she's dead. <laughs> and he just murdered a pregnant woman. Well, yeah, she had a machine gun, though, right? And I thought, oh, yeah, she had a machine gun. So, she, yeah, she's actively trying Maybe to kill them. Maybe if she had killed herself, things would have evened out between <laughs> men and women. But it's kind of funny because usually, like, because later the, the soldiers come through that room quick. They're doing a sweep to, make, to find if anyone survived, and they find that Tilda Swinton's character, who is... Uh, minister so-and-so, she's dead. And I'm like, oh, they're going to go by the pregnant teacher and you're going to see that she's still alive. They don't. <laughs> she's just dead. Yeah, I, I like, think Chris Evans just didn't care because 
Well, you would think. Like, oh, he, there's a baby. I can you would eat think there. that he would yeah. care to yeah. keep her alive because that's that's a fresh baby. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird. Meal time for later. Yeah, I never actually even thought. Because even that, normally they'd funny. be like, oh, she 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 survived because they don't want you to kill a pregnant chick. Yeah. It is interesting how passively the filmmakers regard that. that those, is... those Koreans, man, they just <laughs> no well, regard. Was she uh, so? Full disclosure, there's like a huge gap of the movie I didn't see. I watched like yeah. the beginning this, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. this morning. And then we were supposed to watch it last night, but um, everyone else had other ideas. Um, <laughs> Splines fell apart quickly. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, Do you know how much of a fucking buzzkill watching this movie last night would have been? <laughs> it's good that we didn't. Yeah. Um, was, she a, was she like a pretty antagonistic character? No, look at her, dude. She's like a pre- she was like a teaching a bunch of like seven Smile. seven and like eight year olds teacher. singing a song. Now it it was it's quite funny when she pulls out an Uzi and starts shooting people. But the the fact that she's pregnant was a weird detail. Like that they, they chose to give yeah, her character. Didn't, she didn't need they, to be pregnant. There's nothing. About, yeah, that's true. It or plays it no to role be like, in her oh, maybe the actress are got more pregnant. <laughs> They're not food. <laughs> yeah, or maybe, maybe? It, they wanted her death to be more shocking. But again, but they, they didn't play that up. No, he, they, yeah, they he, pass over our very children flippantly, aren't for like, the motor, to the point. Our yeah. are for they pass us. over it so flippantly uh, that you I have, remember seeing her pregnant, but I didn't think anything of yeah. it because of the way it's edited. It's edited in a way where it's like, oh, well, just know. And what you if? don't find out she's pregnant until she pulls a gun out. Like she stands up and you're like, oh, she's pregnant. And then she pulls a gun out and starts shooting. So it's very quick. What if the and, actress was actually pregnant and they're like, well, we should just. It was a bit character. It. Just get a different actress. Yeah. In there. <laughs> no, no. What if they're like, they embraced it? They're like, oh, yeah, okay. Like, they didn't choice. embrace it very well. Uh, <laughs> so I want to talk about the train itself and this premise. Mm-hmm. So the idea is that this is the train going all the way around the world or is it just up? I think uh, from what I've read, it's going all the Because they said it takes the a year to get all the way around to I the same it's spot. It's like orbiting it's a, the Earth. I know it's a large chunk of the Earth. I don't know if it's Over the entire Earth, but it's... So for some reason, they decided to build a train that goes around the Earth instead of just building a train that maybe goes in like 100 square kilometers and goes well, in a circle I think they, or something. I think it was initially planned as like a, a tourist thing. Like you get on this like for like a year and you get to see like a large chunk of the Earth. And then when shit started to go bad with the, the climate, the climate and global warming and shit, they used it as a beacon of survival I think oh okay. I, I mm. have not seen this I saw this movie like years ago and then this morning I did a skim watch where I just skimmed through the whole thing for like 20 minutes just for the purpose of this podcast but I do remember that part specifically it doesn't make skim. this train makes no sense at all it is dumb in the course of this movie which takes place in a day or two this train should have gone off the rails a good 10 different times mm-hmm. the fact you're going to keep a train going so the idea icy environment yeah, who's maintaining the rails because it, yeah it's a super icy environment Some, no one's maintaining the rails go over the yeah rails well, a snow piercer rails go off rails. constantly you always have to have people working on those <laughs> things and maintaining yes. it and they established that no one can even go outside yes. they put a guy's arm outside of the train for 7, seven minutes. minutes and his arm is frozen solid and then they break it off and it it it, it it doesn't make any sense. No. So they're going on this train and they establish oh, there are points funny. where there are huge buildups of rocks on the like frozen frozen rocks on the on the tracks and then the train smashes through them and then the train is lifting up off the rails because it, everyone's shaking and going yeah, off. Yeah, that was during the big fight. Like scene, all, right? all this takes is one rock that's a little bigger to send you guys just completely off the rails and now the whole project yeah. is done. And that definitely would have happened in these 18 years where you have I don't know, 5,000 miles of train track and none of it's and being maintained by... does the train have to by, move? 
None of it's being maintained I think it, I by think anyone. I think it has to move probably to main. I'm going to guess. I don't know it's for probably sure. Probably self-powered. Or probably something. something to do with it generating energy to yeah, self-power. Because our right. engine can only work if the it's transmission moving. is yeah. in forward drive, gear yeah. instead of neutral. We forget. Yeah, we built an unlimited infinity drive for this engine, yeah. but we forgot what a transmission I mean, could, is, so that we can put it, it in neutral. A Idiot. power plant is just an engine. But it makes electricity instead of moving you forward. Yeah, and that's there, the weird thing is like because this you train just made a power plant. It wasn't built for this. Like it was originally built as like a theme, like a uh, a, tourist. Mar- a tourist thing. Sure, yeah. and it travels around the world. So it was it was built to sustain extreme pressures. Like none of this would work. But you know, yeah, <laughs> not it wasn't, without re- very regular yeah, maintenance. It wasn't it wasn't meant to sustain like negative a million degrees Run for eighteen years well, for, for so, eighteen years like, with no maintenance on any yeah. regular technology, especially when you're talking about like transport, like trains, buses, and cars. Like over time, even without like big rocks coming in and smashing into stuff, they still require the some wheels wear out. Yeah, they're steel, but like they have to get. Swapped they, out all know. the time. You use children. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just <laughs> replace the wheel with the child. <laughs> this would be a great comedy. Yeah, because oh this movie would be because the comedy. kid frozen. The kid's frozen, so he's uh, strong as a wheel. Yeah. <laughs> How are you going to install the wheel? You can only be outside for ten minutes apparently without dying. None of yeah, none of it makes any sense. But this because they could have just said, "Oh, we have this great." engine that yeah. works in perpetual motion f- for eternity. Let's convert it into a power plant and set up a settlement. But this YouTube commenter <laughs> with has, has something warfare. to say about that. Honestly, the whole train thing is relevant. I think you meant irrelevant. Uh, the, 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 <laughs> this movie, Great argument, guy. <laughs> this movie is about human nature. If your problem with the movie is that the train makes no sense, you've missed the point. What this movie was trying to do is give us a condensed version of our world. What I get from this movie is how accurate this version is and how scary it truly is. This, this is, movie's genius. This is again. How old this do you is, think this person this is 14. 700 thumbs up this on that comment. This is a perfect example of how fucking stupid you have to be to think to look at this to look at this and be like my, yeah, that's it. My, that is what it's like. My god. There is a class system in the world. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is real. like I, yeah, it, it just screams yeah. just a 14-year-old who's just starting to understand like a, like a, a social hierarchy yeah. I'm and just, wrote a movie about it. I'm just this thinking about uh, this whole Facebook uh, scandal that's going on. Uh, it's very similar to the NSA one when they're like, oh my gosh, the government's spying on us. Yeah, you didn't think that for the whole, since, <laughs> since you were born? Of course they're spying on you. And it's the same thing with the Facebook thing. Oh my gosh, this uh, they, they, they've been influencing the, the, the content that I see and influencing influencing yeah. what, yeah. what I might vote for. <laughs> yeah, you idiot. That's a common thing. And then you have the next level, which is this guy who's like, oh my gosh, did you know Facebook writes down your economic status and they're, <laughs> they're, they're, they're keeping track of your gender? <laughs> like <laughs> the most basic metric yeah. that could possibly yeah. exist. Oh man, this, this is really shedding a light on how society really is. No, it's not, you idiot. It's just shedding a light on a fantasy uh, that validates some of your experiences. That's not well, really it's true like at all. Caricature. Yeah, 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 it's, yeah. A, it's a caricature, uh, and it's illustrating uh, differences <laughs> in wealth. Uh, the, just knows, take your actually. Che Guevara T-shirt yeah. and your Rage Against the Machine albums and <laughs> stick them up your butt. So yeah. I want to. Oh, sorry, I need one more YouTube okay, comment. Okay. Snowpiercer plus World War Z equals Ooh. Train to Busan. 
we got to see this Train to Busan movie. <laughs> Sounds like a nightmare. I've heard of that. <laughs> we got to check it out, man. So <laughs> it's, I was just... It's gonna, yeah, that, that's oh going to be a train wreck. Thinking about... So when you guys said, oh, we're watching Snowpiercer, name didn't ring a bell. Yeah. Then... It was a smaller movie. And then I was, I'm like, what is this movie? I thought it was going to be about skiers or something <laughs> or ro- mountain yeah. climbers. Or <laughs> and then... This morning I looked it up Boring finally, movie. and I was like, "Oh yeah, this movie." Mm-hmm. On the, I thought, I thought the premise. <laughs> I remember thinking when the movie came out that the premise was so ridiculous that it was definitely not worth any of my time. Or it would be campy and funny. It's fine yeah. to have. I a ridic- definitely didn't think it's that. It's fine to have a ridiculous concept like this if you have the right tone. But the problem is, it plays it so straight and so serious, yeah. and you have Chris mm-hmm. Evans crying about eating babies. It just becomes mm-hmm. hilarious when it's not mm-hmm. supposed to be hilarious. <laughs> the funny um, part was we're on your Muller's couch last. Night, me and John were talking. And he, he was like, uh, "Was so on the show tomorrow? What movie are you talking about?" I'm like, "Snowpiercer." He's like, "Oh, Snowpiercings. Okay, I'll, I better t- I better type that in." And I'm like, "No, Snowpiercer." <laughs> and then and the then sad he, thing was, I actually did end up typing it in, even though I was making a joke. It just ended up he typed being in Snowpiercer. <laughs> you were looking for the movie, yeah? And uh, oh, and then it actually just took me to Snowpiercer. Google just knew. It knew. So oh, some baby boomers had already been searching for Snowpiercings. Snowpiercings. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanna, I wanna. Ride the coattails of uh, Jonathan's new segment about movie tropes that he hates, <laughs> and one of the fucking just dumbest, most unnecessary tropes that makes its way into uh, Snowpiercer. Did this movie really need uh, the one? I'm doing this finger quotes plot line where Chris Evans turns out oh. to be the one to save. Oh, I never thought of that. Yeah. So it is the laziest, oh. shittiest fucking trope that's in. Every goddamn movie. We like, should explain this a little, the context of this better. So. Of, of the trope? No, 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 no. People know what the trope yeah, is. Yeah, it's, it's the Neo trope. Like, you're the one to yeah. save everything, blah, blah, blah. You're the so Christ Chris Evans, he's, he's, he comes from the back of the bus. He has starts this revolution to get to the front of the bus. He meets Ed Harris, who's running the whole operation, like the head of the upper class. Uh, and then Ed Harris explains to him that they intentionally, regularly stage uh, revolutions to maintain population control, and that they've been they've been eyeing uh, Chris Evans as the one to take over and and replace and save humanity. Like he's going to take over for Ed Harris as he dies. Yeah, Ed and Her- he's going to bring savior to the whole thing. And it's just. It makes no sense. Why would he, the replacement of like this huge, like their whole social hierarchy relies on very strict like population control and keeping certain classes subdued? That doesn't make any sense. But it relies no. on this class system, and they're gonna pull some guy like some violent guy who's been eating babies from the back <laughs> of the bus, like instead of you know his second in command or something like somebody like, yeah, who he's been like well, somebody he, know, he been, knows and trusts and working with. He, yeah, so he's, I've been I've known this guy for ten years. You know, I worked <laughs> yeah. with him and trusted him. He's cut off his arm for me. He sounds like no, 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 no. Let's get this no. guy from the back of the train he's, who killed all my people. Let's he's make the him. one. He's the one. It's just such. It's and like, there's no reasoning for it. What if, What has Chris Evans done? Chris, no, Curtis Evans done. Everett. Curtis Everett. Curtis. Is that actually his name? <laughs> Maybe, yeah. uh, we were just saying that as a joke. That Curtis wow, it actually is. <laughs> what has he done that's made him so special? There's nothing. And, and Ed Harris no. is saying that we're the ones staging the revolution. So he's just saying that it's not like Chris Evans is some really uh, important revolutionary character and he goes, oh, well, if he's talented enough to pull off this revolution, then he can probably run the train. He just admitted that he's the one who orchestrates these revolutions. Uh, 
Also, if you need to do population control, why don't you consider some of the ways that we do population control in the real world instead of, hey, why don't we stage all of these really dangerous revolutions where we could lose control of the entire train? Yeah. It's like, have you ever thought of just, just throwing some, some condoms control? back there or yeah. something <laughs> like that? You know, make yeah. some make some bug locust condoms yeah. or something. But, oh, I hate... No, those are made of locusts. I, 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 I think uh, the one uh, trope... It's one of my most hated because I think it's like most hated things that pops yeah. up in all movies Lots nowadays. Well, it's, it's so funny. Lazy, and it's just it's an way. ancient literary trope. That's the problem. It yeah, goes no, it way goes, it goes, back. Obviously we probably should have a reason that it's that. the one, though. But yeah. the thing is, yeah. it just—it always comes across as lazy because it's their way of making the main likely the main protagonist seem so much more important and getting you invested in him rather than actually developing a character and a personality Wait. that you want to see succeed. And also, it ties it to like you're gonna like it, this isn't just your own little adventure. You're saving the world, and it's it's. Just is so fucking lazy. I hate it. I, it's a uh, it's a trope. I just want to be gone of all. So those. lazy and self important. Yeah. yeah. Is is the one when we talk about this the ancient archetype that is it the hero archetype? Is it the Christ figure archetype? What is? Well, I was yeah. It's a good question. I, isn't it supposed to be some some? You're the one because you were the one who was around. I would say it's. I wouldn't say it's a. I wouldn't. Yeah. I, I'm struggling to compare it to a Christ figure. Yeah, because the Christ figure dies at the end. Like, these sacrifices, but, but I would say it's more Abrahamic. Okay, right. I'm just, I'm just trying to think. It's more old. This is getting too smart well, for our podcast. No, I'm just, I'm just trying to. Think. With the one too, it's usually prof like there's a prophecy. There's involved, a prophecy right? of the That's one. That's true. Yeah. I feel like there's usually some quality, but I guess yeah, the Matrix doesn't really have that. Neo's just some dumb office well, the, worker, right? Yeah. So no, but they 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 were waiting there's, there's for There's a prophecy him. around yeah. him. I don't have a right. I'm just saying. But why does that work? Because that does. But work. even that's a bit lazy. Uh, I don't know. It, it doesn't. It doesn't yeah. work as soon does as you get to. Does it not work? It doesn't work as soon as you get to two and three and sure, the whole, none of the movie like they, works. They, they start to <laughs> they start to explore that whole mythology yeah. too much and then you find out all oh, this doesn't really work. <laughs> it worked when it was just like a vague kind of reference to to guide the character. I always think of Liu Kang in the original Mortal Kombat movie. But even then, it didn't, it didn't work. She just well, the ghost just tells him at the end, "You're the chosen one." And he's like, "Oh, okay." But well, it's my point is, <laughs> yeah, the chosen one. What is that about? Yeah, it's Abrahamic, right? Yeah. It's particularly stupid in this movie because there's nothing about uh, Curtis Evans that Curtis Evans mixing all the Curtis names. Everett. Everett. I like Curtis Evans. Curtis, yeah. Yeah. Curtis <laughs> Everest. There's nothing about Curtis Evans that that would <laughs> signal him being the one. There's there's no prophecies no. in this world. It's just a social hierarchy. He doesn't have any particular skills. I guess he has some leadership. He has some leadership because he started yeah. a revolution. And he's the strongest guy. Nobody talks about not wanting to be a leader. I'm not a leader. Yeah, that's true. So there's just, it, there's just yeah. it's, a, it's a bad trope that's particularly bad in well, this you, movie because yeah, there's no reason for you it. You need to understand what works about that trope to use it. Yes. And I haven't seen really much where, oh. I, where someone demonstrates that. Oh, and I don't it's even just one of those things like, look, it's a regular guy. He just made it to the top. And so, well, that's like an underdog thing, though. That's not oh. really a chosen that's one. Definitely, that's, yeah. that's what I think you think it is while watching the movie, but then you get to the end and right. Ed Harris, I think he almost literally says, you're the one. Like It gets, not, maybe not quite that bad, but he's basically, yeah, I, I he says, basically yeah. says it. So it's yeah, it's not an underdog tale. So and he's, it, he's it, the one, and he tells him he's the one. But yet, and he's trying to you know you you sit at this end of the train, you get to eat steaks, 
Yeah, he talks about how he could just bang ladies, and we're, we're joking. Like, he's probably getting lost to tail at the back of the Dude, train. He's easily yeah, the best. Who has more guy. sex than poor people? <laughs> well, no also, one. Yeah. also, and he's kind of handsome. <laughs> Chris Evans is a fairly handsome, a like, dude. fit dude. Or yeah, whatever. And he's like, probably, I guess he's a little unbathed and dirty, but so is everyone. Well, they showed like, that guy that they he showed. He would be just oh, banging. Yeah. Him that that one guy was, and mad. then he's eating the baby, so he doesn't <laughs> have to take care of them. That one guy was mad because they were taking his kid, right? So they, so he threw a shoe at Tilda Swinton, and then yeah. they, then they put his arm outside the train and froze him and that guy looked super ugly his teeth were all yeah. crooked and oh, disgusting yeah, Chris Evans looks fine he just has a little suit on his face he's yeah. he's okay. a hundred he's times better looking. Tail, he looks like man. regular Chris Evans but with a, a fairly trim beard like it's not even a scruffy beard no. like you would think it's actually like he's clearly, number two razor he's clearly, yeah, he's clearly kept it very he's clearly kept it very trim and kept so he's like he so he's looks got, just as handsome as ever like yeah. he would be banging all the time also they talk oh, about yeah. so, so just thinking about this thinking about Curtis Everett. He <laughs> sounds like he could be a really great antagonist in in the scum class. Because if you think yeah, about maybe. it, yeah, he, he should be babies. oppressing them. He eats babies. Like, like, like he could rise to the top He's of the scum looking. class hierarchy. You know, underworld kind of like mm-hmm. gangland sort of thing, controlling everyone. Like I'm surprised he hasn't done that. Yeah. Yeah, that so you're putting far more thought yeah, into it. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying, but I think that would have been a great character. Boo, poor people. And then the movie would have just taken place there, <laughs> and it would be about the rich people trying to save the poor people from from this oppressive man. So one other big plot point that makes very little sense in this is, uh, so apparently they've attempted revolutions before. Yeah, they actually have like names. They're like, remember There's the, been a few, yeah. the seven or something like yeah. that? Chris, and Chris Evans is, they've only been on this train 18 years. Yeah. He's clearly older than 18. So he's been a part of every yeah, revolution. He's like to, to some at degree. least 35. A, a, they talk about some old wise guys who know more. Like, Everybody who's over 18 knows knows everything <laughs> about this train. There's no old wise guys here. Like, <laughs> as, yeah. far, as far That's as the, knowing about the lore of the train and how things work and whatnot. Maybe 25 because then at least you're a kid and you've got the memories. Um, so the whole thing is we got to get to the engine room. The, they, they specifically make, make this comment, all past revolutions fail, and this is a quote, because we couldn't take the engine, which is this really lame social commentary of not being able to get the right amount mm-hmm. of power. Um, and then you find out later that who cares about the engine if we take control of the water system, which is only halfway up the train, then everybody has to bow <laughs> down right. to us because everyone dies without the water system. No. So so if you take... It's the, like the first step in any revolution is to take over the resources. Take over the resources. <laughs> yeah. So if you take over the engine... Uh, that's just like if they, a revolution started by taking over the White House, but then nothing else. They but didn't, then nothing they else. They didn't gain yeah. control of the military or, yeah, the like president the just goes supply. to another, like, a Motel 6 and <laughs> does his operations. We got the White House. Everyone has to listen. Yeah, it's like, okay, so if you take the front of the engine, but then the rich people get the water, they can just starve you out. And what are you going to do? Stop the train? You'll die too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but if you take the water, you can. They're not going to stop the train because they'll die too, and they'll probably <laughs> at least do some of the things that you want. Clearly, the power is in the water system here, yeah. not 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 in the train. And for some reason, they still have to keep going up to the front well, of the train because they discuss it. Tilda's character does explain it. She's like, "You think the water uh, is in the middle of the train?" And she talks about how there's, so, I guess, some sort of mechanism. They, the writer said everything, and <laughs> it collects all the snow and ice that the train runs over and converts that to water and it goes through the front of the train instead. I, I don't know. Hmm. She she kind of glosses over it and it was a really cheap attempt to 
oh yeah, the taking the water is not going to work. But it's actually. still even just beyond like the water is just one example. Like they go past like the, there's like a meat locker and whatnot. Yep. Like clearly the f- all the food isn't at the very front of the train no, being being spread to the back. Like there's there's like the middle whatever working class like that are Wait, producing food and maintaining. They can still just take, but but even if they're collecting the water at the front, they can still just take the water system. Oh, they still could. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then it's like okay, well you can't use the water that you're collecting from the front, so yeah. turn the pipes off. Just, yeah. just whoop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just turn the pipes. Or, just somebody, yeah. somebody put a kid as this valve, and I'll turn the kid, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. it'll stop the. <laughs> he replace these parts with children. Or what uh, Chris Everett could do is Chris, accept his Chris. role as the one, take over the train because Ed Harris wants him to take over, and, yeah, and, and yeah, as the just, one in charge, start implementing change that way. Like, yeah, and then nobody has to die because because he doesn't really have a plan to no give equality because he so he gets to the front of the train and it's and, like here and, everything and, for you yeah. He's like, he's like, oh, what do you want? Well, I want to take over this train and uh, make sure. things uh, more equal. Sure. It's yours. You're it's the yours. One. He tells him it's, it's yours. And, and then he goes, wait, right. you've got kids as parts in this engine? I'm out of here. I'm going to kill everyone, including the kids. I'm going to kill everyone, including the kids. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, do I want to try and break down the very happy ending to this? Movie? Yeah, let's, let's do it. It's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a really hard... You want to talk on the mic? <laughs> Andrew's just so distraught. He's like, oh. so I'll this, move my mic down so I can keep my hand in my face as I try to think about this. Throughout this whole movie, they've they've got the uh, Chris Everett has got the help of uh, yeah. this junkie guy who's specifically addicted. Him and his uh, daughter was his daughter or sister? Yeah, I think it was a daughter. Okay, daughter, daughter and sister. I don't know. Um, he he's gotten the help of this junkie who he was like the engineer who either designed the locks or he knows how to get there. So this guy, this junkie guy, has been helping him get to the front. By Dude, they've got the a junkie guy and he knows bombs. The junkie guy, somewhere along the way, he looked he looked out the window and he saw that some of the snow had started melting. So he he figured, oh, we don't need to be in this train anymore. The climate has changed, is going back to normal, which. Is it's a pre- pretty good junkie logic because there's <laughs> there's often shifts, especially especially. Well, I would he says, imagine it'll he says like, ten years ago I'd only see the tail of the plane. There's a plane he was looking at, yeah. And then every year he'd see more and more of the plane be revealed, and the only only thing that could possibly explain that is that it's melting. Is it's it not, the, is it's it not the whole snow drifts? Yeah, not wind. Yeah. It's also like just because it's starting to melt, that doesn't necessarily mean it's at a point where you no, could, you know, yeah, like grow, grow vegetables yeah, yeah. And, and have, you know, have a world. Anyway, this junkie guy says, well, we, we got to get off this plane, but it never stops. Like, you can't stop. Yeah, you, you can't stop the train. <laughs> so his plan is to blow up the side of it, uh, and which causes an avalanche, which destroys the whole train like every like it shows this gigantic train crash like all the train cabs yeah. go like tumbling down the side of a mountain he doesn't choose to blow it up like next and, to like like in a plane or anything like that like like he doesn't choose to blow it up at a safe place it's like when they're on specifically on the side of this very icy mountain uh very this, high up this avalanche happens it kills everyone like the train like i can't uh, describe it enough uh that like the whole train cab just gets like all the train cabs just get over, overwhelmed by snow and rocks and just destroyed and explosions and whatever. And then this the, is his alternative to saying, "Oh, I'll take over the train and make things better for everybody." Yeah. yeah. Uh, and at the very end, uh, the the junkie's dead. Ed Harris is dead. Uh, 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 Everyone's Curtis, dead. Curtis Evans is dead, except for the junkie's daughter, 
and little Timmy, the train engine boy, they come out of part. it. He's a part. The part. That's right. They they walk out of the cab. His and, name and is Timmy. Yes, That's I don't funny. know if you know it's that. Not, yet. <laughs> oh, you didn't? <laughs> yeah, his name's actually Timmy. <laughs> I just thought it was an appropriate name for I an could, engine. The way you said it, I could tell you're just being kind of smug about it, but his name is Timmy. Um, <laughs> they walk out, and it's like this happy ending because or they're presenting it as this happy ending because, oh, they're not freezing to death. They, they can survive, and they see, they see a polar bear way in the distance. And it's, it, I think that's the movie trying to signal that, yeah, life is it's, it's starting to, to kick up again. Like the polar bear is able to survive. Here's the thing, though. This movie spent the entire time, this junkie girl, I know we haven't mentioned it on the podcast because I, I, it's too much to explain, but uh, she's been useless the whole movie. Like she is. She like, contributed to zero. When I say junkie, I mean that in the most traditional sense. Like she like she's, has cold sweats when she's not doing the drug. Like yeah. she, she doesn't help in any way. Like she is just fucking What's this drug useless. Called? Uh, they had an sugar for cubes. It. it was like some green goo or something. It was it, it's called Chronal. Did it specify the they type of chronal. high or something? No, cool name. I don't know. I don't remember Industry. if it did, but I do remember like her being like, like I said, like she was in cold sweats. And they don't have this drug anymore because it's all been blown up. Right. So she's gonna go through some pretty harsh withdrawals. They've already shown her going through withdrawals, and now she has none of. And she's been you know sniffing, taking little bumps here and there, and now she has nothing. <laughs> except for little Timmy, the engine boy, yeah. engine part. Uh, and they see a polar bear, and it's supposed to be all happy, like, oh, yeah, the world can sustain life again. But everyone's dead. There's just two people left, and one of them's a junkie, and one of them's a child who spent his whole life yeah. living in an engine. They have no idea how to maintain themselves. And then they see a polar bear, so there's probably more polar bears in the area. They are fucking dead. dead. They are, like, along with all of humanity being wiped out because Chris Evans... Curtis Evans uh, got super angry. Captain Evans. Uh, and mm -hmm. didn't want to take the time to fix the situation when he clearly could have. Instead of that, everyone's dead except for two people who are going to soon to be dead. Yeah. It is the dumbest ending that they try and paint as like, oh, well, a glimmer of hope at the end. At least you know it's a tragedy, not a comedy. <laughs> it's it's, it's <laughs> absolutely insane. The whole movie's kind of dumb and has horrible social commentary till it well, gets to the climax where Chris Evans reveals he loves eating babies. And then the movie just... just Constantly compounded. Goes off after, the rails. Yeah, it just it gets compounded in stupidity. Just one thing mm -hmm. after another, all the way to the end when, oh, it's so happy. Look, these two people are going to survive and start civilization. No, there's yeah. a polar bear. They're going to get eaten. They're fucking dead. And that's what happens when you, when you want to hammer home a metaphor so bad <laughs> that it, it does a complete disservice, disservice to the actual movie well, yeah, itself. Because I was thinking like, about the bugs thing too, and it's supposed to be this metaphor for. Uh, you know, well, how is your food produced? You know, it's in some factory, your cereal, you're eating hot dogs, and there's probably cow eyeballs in there. You don't know what's being mushed up in there. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you know, yeah, I didn't good. get a they chance. Use the whole cow. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't get a chance to think about that because I was so too distracted by how dumb this premise was. Yeah. Like, it, it's yeah. already a very obvious thing. It's like, so what is this? Is this like, this, I think supersized me, it was already old. When that movie came yes. out, to, to talk about how oh, bad yeah, it was. is like early 2000s. Yeah. yeah, and it was already old then, twenty like almost 20 years ago. The idea that oh, yeah. eating processed food isn't good for you—that's yeah. like a it's yeah. A fast real, Food Nation came out in the 90s. It's a like really it's an old, old idea. Like you don't yeah. know, you don't know what types of locusts are being tortured to make your <laughs> yeah. food. What type of slave sweatshop locusts? You just uh, don't know. It's like yeah. So you, but so when when the social commentary overtakes good storytelling. 
you're just, you just, I, I missed it both now. Now, well, now it's the movie sucks, and I don't care for your commentary. Yeah, it's like if, it's a train wreck. It's guys. a bad thing to allow the social when you're making a movie to allow the social commentary to just completely disrupt the logic of the movie. Mm-hmm. That's bad. But then when the social commentary is also bad, there's just there's nothing. Like you have nothing to yeah. to, to, to put your teeth into. And there's not even good action because no, uh, they no. have all these quote action scenes, but you don't really see anything happening because it's just. A bunch of people swinging axes off screen. Yeah, and you see little blood splatters. <laughs> yeah, a little really... bit of a blood splatter, and it's shot. Yeah. I guess the movie's shot kind of artsy-like. Yeah. There's a funny part where uh, the, so the gatekeeper guy's name is Nam Gung. They call him Nam for short. And there, there's a commotion, and Chris Evans' character's trying to get his attention. He has to yell his name a couple times. But he says his name differently both times. He goes, <laughs> hey, Nam! Nom, <laughs> and then he looks, and it was like it was almost like he didn't was, realize he said it differently. It was like an outtake that they just yeah. left it. It was completely. We well, only got one shot. Yeah. Or he doesn't, he doesn't respond to Nam. He only responds to Nom. No, it was. Yeah, it wasn't it done that way. <laughs> he keeps saying, "Listen, don't call me Nam. Call me Nom." Because yeah. it's yeah. not my name. Yeah, it's, not it's not how you pronounce it. It was um, really weird. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> If they were yeah, supposed to exactly, if they That's were supposed we to have commentary on the type of propaganda that that you feed people, would shouldn't you have had some propaganda that the people in the back actually believed or that was any good? So they have this. They're one of the big scenes where they take the kids medical inspection for kids, medical inspection for kids, uh-huh. right? They take they take the kids and then that guy throws his shoe at her. So so Tilda Swinton, you know, evil evil. Uh, Lady, lady, yeah. I don't even. I don't <laughs> like even. Dentures. Uh, so she goes on this big rant, talk, and and she's making she's <laughs> making this speech, this metaphorical speech, which is like, which really only works on one level as propaganda. Like, like there's no argument underneath the propaganda other than the, the the high level of the propaganda. So she she's going on the speech saying, you know, this is a shoe that you've thrown at me. Shoes belong on your feet. And then she puts the shoe on a guy's head and she goes, shoes don't belong on your head. Shoes belong on your feet. Here is a hat. Hat belongs on head. Hat don't belong on. But she's feet. saying well, that she's the head and they're the yeah, feet. Well, she specifically says, I am a hat. A hat oh. belongs at the front of the train. You are a shoe. You belong on the foot. <laughs> Only, the she only doesn't have an Do you accent. get it, audience? Yeah, you, like, she, she turned there, and winked at the camera. But there's no like, other level that that works on no. other than only, specifically the class system that she's it, Yeah, you're right. To. She repeats it over and over and the over. The only excuse that them. they could possibly have for that is... Yeah that they're trying to stage these revolutions. So they want them to revolt. So if their propaganda was too good or, or whatever. Yeah. But the problem is, yeah, you get to the end and, and they, then they explain their whole population control and how their class system works. And that's just cheap. So that it just doesn't, like, it just doesn't work yeah, on if, any well, level. If it didn't it's, work at the beginning. And then when they explained more, it worked less. If it's supposed mm-hmm. to actually be them inciting a revolution... Then, sorry, what social commentary are, th- are you making? Know. Like, like <laughs> is there... Are we supposed to? <laughs> do you want us to revolt? Yeah, like, like, yeah, 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 like, I don't understand the commentary that I'm so lost in all the layers to try to make this a smart movie. Uh, yeah. here, here's another. Here's another good review. Uh, here's here's my uh, 
my my new segment, uh, my most hated movie critic of the week, <laughs> uh, Lisa Rossman from Signature. Snowpiercer is a fantastic dumb movie for smart people. Mm. No, it's not. <laughs> You're an idiot, Lisa Rossman. It's a fantastic it's, dumb movie for dumb people. <laughs> it's a, it's a fantastic dumb movie with dumb writing for dumb people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you think this is a deep movie that has something to say about society, you're a complete moron. Uh, so they do another, they do another one of these, uh, quote metaphorical things, uh, which is, uh, so they're, they're coming up to do the revolution and now they're facing all the rich people, SWAT team warrior guys or whatever. And, uh, one of the, one of the Asian SWAT team guys comes to intimidate Chris Evans. So he walks up with a giant salmon. <laughs> oh yeah. I like, laughed out loud. There's like a yeah. hundred guys in black SWAT team gear. And this guy walks through the crowd to the front holding a salmon by its tail. And he's just looking at Chris Everett in the eyes. And uh and then he and then he and then he uses his axe and guts the salmon in front of him and then yeah. and then brings it back. It's like Are they gonna eat it? <laughs> no, it's supposed it's this it's this horribly it's this horribly thinly veiled, like I'm gonna gut you like a fish. <laughs> like, that's exactly what he's saying. Is, yeah. is there another level that this is supposed to work on? And so it's already a really dumb metaphorical thing, but it gets so damn funny. So they they get into this fight with with all the SWAT team guys and all the poor people and their axes. And then Chris Evans slips on the fish and falls on his back. <laughs> oh, I didn't see that on my skim through it's this morning. It's so That's funny. funny. He, he slips on it like it's a banana peel. And he, he, Does he, it make the whoops? Is <laughs> yeah. making a very compelling case that this could easily be re-edited even into a comedy? Yes. It totally could. Oh, just, yeah, just totally. Just a change in music change would the music. almost change be the music, enough. Yeah. Well, yeah. Even, just even the, the music would almost be enough. You, pro- you might not even yeah. have to And, and the anything. slow motion. They have a lot of dramatic slow motion things uh, that yeah. happen. Speed uh, it up and add that. We could take a stab at it. Like right at the very end when they have the junkie lady and she runs into the polar bear. And the music's all very uh, uplifting. Uplifting. Oh yes, we've we've escaped this, even though everyone's dead. <laughs> all they have to do is put ominous music, and it's like, oh, she's and it's dead. Horrifying. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. it's immediately horrifying. Well, she's through the polar bear, and it's like, <laughs> like that polar bear's yeah. gonna fucking kill you. And, the, and that brings me back to why it's like I'm not sure if this is a commentary for or against capitalism because it's not clear. The music's indicating to me that it's against capitalism, but all I have to do is change some music, and it's like, see what these Marxists are doing. They want to topple the system, but then yeah. they're just left out with a bunch of polar bears because they toppled something that they yeah. were too small it to understand. It seems to just yeah. be social commentary against class, but it doesn't regard like why class exists at all. It's just that a class system is evil. And well, it kind of no, says it why they need it to exist because they need to harvest children to put them, uh, use them as carburetors. But, but, but the, the lower but the class the was whole... just eating the children. Well, no, <laughs> it's pretty balanced in that regard. So like, what we're saying is that children are the lowest class. No, unless they started <laughs> feeding. So when the when the extinct the extinct part broke and they realized they needed children to become the replacement part. Yeah. Is that when they started feeding the protein bars to the scum class? Yes. Uh, I don't know. It wasn't specified in the movie, but... I'm, no, they specifically did say that. Oh, they did. Okay. But I mean, so the, he said the about a question month- is, why are you pulling those extra cars if you're not going to feed them? 
it, at the it, beginning. It is a huge time and resource thing that you're taking to keep these people alive. Yeah, and they don't need the nope. kids as parts until re- he says recently our yeah. part went and yeah. we needed to replace it with kids. So they didn't need the kids for 17 years or 15 uh, years. However or many years. Whatever recently means in the course of 18 years. But for some reason, they've been feeding all these poor people and taking care of them. The poor people don't do anything to power the train. They're not back there shoveling coal. Like so At the, the, the very thing. least, they could have been like, you better get your coal quotas. Yeah. Uh, in place yeah. or whatever. At least that would have made some sense. And most of the people are doing nothing. Maybe maybe Korea is a place where they're like capitalist and uh, fascist at the same time. Like this well, is a no, South Korean. No, if you think about movie. Korean history, the, with the I can't think about it because I don't know anything about <laughs> well, Korean history. The, the, the country was one Korea and then it split into North Korea because North North became communist and the South. Yeah. Didn't. So what is this? A commentary on North Korea? Like everybody knows that's bad. <laughs> maybe. I Maybe, don't know. Actually. As far as I can tell, it's just that uh, the the upper class exploiting the lower class is evil. Like it just seems to be that class is bad. But that's no all I can take from this Korea. movie. Yeah. What? Because yeah, like, then do you the think upper class the would be pe- South Korea and the lower class. Do you think would be that North rich Korea? people think they're exploiting the lower class? Yeah. I don't think they think like, about no, it. Did it even look like? That. Did it look like they thought they were doing that? When they went into the rich people cars, yeah, because because he's he's like, hey, we are exploiting all you poor people for your children. <laughs> he like says that. He doesn't. Yeah, so, no, I'm sorry. He well, says that. But, he says that. But do you like? Does the everyday layman rich person? Oh, uh, I mean, care? I have no idea. They have no character. Well, then no, they show they're only they, characters. They walk through, they're through a, they walk through a, f- a couple cabs and they seem to be living the fairly, just doing their own fairly thing. decadently. No, but they walk yeah. through like a weird sex nightclub like just before sure, like, yeah. like the main cabs and. And all the drug the druggies are stealing all the drugs off the people's tables. And it's just, it's just, the more you break down the class yeah. system in this movie, so, hey, it just give me falls my- apart. I have another Sorry. random thought. Uh, where do you think they got the bugs from? You can farm bugs. Bug farm. How are you set up I think it's easier farm. to farm bugs than they, I don't know. I was wondering how they managed to have meat last for eighteen years. Yeah, because they show they they walk past a few cabs that have like there's a lot of they're bugs eating human there. man, aren't they? No. Well, not the rich people. No. They walk past like a sushi bar. That's true. But they, they, they had a big they go, you they don't go, know what's in the city. They go through they did not like, a, like, a, a, meat, farm, like a meat so locker area sense. that has like a bunch of hanging. But like, where are they keeping the chickens. cattle and stuff? Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. A cattle, a cattle Those and chicken, huge, man. that would be huge. Yeah, crickets would actually seemingly cattle be Cattle can go easy. on a train. Enough to sustain They the didn't walk through a cattle race. cart, man. They, they did not walk through a farm. They walked through a butcher area and, and like a meat locker and a sushi bar. Fish makes a bit of sense. Yeah, well, the, the, the butcher thing too had tons of huge things of meat hanging. And it was like, where are those animals? Yeah, those were, I, don't, I didn't take a close look, but they were big enough to be at least a pig. Yeah. Pigs are big. Uh, well, if we're taking the idea that this is kind of a Marxist movie making, you know, trying to <laughs> commentary on social, though, on capitalism. anyone else thinks. Uh, <laughs> it, makes total, it makes total sense that they wouldn't be able to explain where they're going to eat next. Yeah. So mm. I don't, the crickets thing, it makes sense to me that you could set up like a tank, have a bunch of crickets, let yeah, a bunch, like the let most a bunch, believable ass. Let, let a bunch of the them breed, believe, take yeah. a bunch, grind them up, put them into. That actually actually sounds like a smart way to maintain food in a, right. in a yeah. yeah in your face, like Muller. Uh, the cows and chickens makes far less sense. <laughs> my 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 only last point here is I think the reason that this movie has ninety four percent on Rotten Tomatoes, I think that the critics felt a lot of pity because they were like, oh man, these Koreans spent 40 million bucks on this movie. Like, <laughs> you know, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta cheer these guys on. We gotta cheer on this movie industry. I... More, for, more affirmative action, more <laughs> Asians in the I've movies. I've trying to read this Globe and Mail review and I'm, it's, there's lots of somersaults this author's been writing and I can't figure out what he's trying to say. How he's I arguing think it's, for the I, capitalist 
aspect. I think its popularity angle. lies in that it appeals to dumb people that think they're really they, smart they because be smart. they've just started to think about that there's a class system and that there's possible I think perhaps it's even simpler than that. It's just like, oh yeah, that's kind of interesting. Just everyone's on a train and they have to go to the front of the train. It's just like just train enthusiasts. Just no, no, no. There's, that's there's all something. the people who love this movie. Is train. I love trains. <laughs> you love trains. There's no, like, like a hobby. There's story. just something about media for them there's was something Thomas about the train. this like now finally something for the adults. Very confined, <laughs> tubular environment that the movie inhabits, and and that's interesting in and of itself. Mm. And then period and stop. <laughs> well. Fucking garbage. Uh, yeah. yeah, good movie. Uh, William Hung <laughs> in the Hung Jury. <laughs> it is, uh, what? I, are you a big William Hung fan? <laughs> no. What do people always? Yeah. Who the hell that? is that? Why do people keep asking me that? License plate. Yeah. W L Hung. We uh, alienate people who don't watch The Office. If you guys didn't figure that. Yeah, yeah. Out. Which um, is partly I, me because I'm only, fam- yeah, I'm only familiar with like half of it. So yeah. I've watched sporadic episodes. Here and there. Uh, uh, is that my, all we got? Or my, we got yeah, my my closing remark is uh, is Ed Ed Harris says it says at the end he says isn't it ironic how <laughs> oh, some yeah. people can live and some people can die? <laughs> no, he basically says <laughs> no, that. No, that's no, it's not, not ironic, ironic at all. That's and like nothing, the Alanis Morissette. Song. I was gonna say thanks, yeah. Alanis. <laughs> nothing, and nothing else in this movie that presents itself as ironic is actually ironic or anything like that. Look, so. well, our screenwriting is hard. <laughs> right? yeah. If you got your your mom's sister, you know, and from Ready Player One. It's like, no, it's it's, it's your aunt. Hey, no, it's not ironic that some people die and some people live. Isn't it ironic how one second Don't our podcast think? can be on, and then the next second our podcast can be? <laughs>